Salutations, everybody. It is Maddie here today with episode 112 of the Ham Radio Podcast. And it's me, Carrick, with ACG once again. I just realized you got a. Do you have a new microphone? I do. I, yeah, it sounded different, and then I just looked and saw this big mic there. Looking good. That's awesome. Yeah, the the other one, they're both sure. Like mm. the S H U R E, they're good. They're good mics, but Sounds I try good. to do anything I can to remove all the sound because yeah. there's always construction. Yeah, I might I might replace mine. I've had this one for years. Anyway, uh, Lone won't be joining us this week, but as always, wah, wah. yeah, I know, right? Just a sad song playing for Lone not being here. As people just stop watching, yeah. they're like, fuck it. <laughs> all right, fuck this then. <laughs> uh, well, just an FYI, Lone burnt toast, so you know, keep that in mind before you leave. Anyway. Um, as always, if you want to get involved on the uh, the podcast, do consider supporting the Patreon. You will be eligible to join us each week. And uh, on top of that, all of the mobile links will be in the description down below. I'm starting to forget how I start out the podcast. You'd be surprised when you take that one-week break uh, what it does to your brain. Anyway, uh, we apologize for not covering the podcast last week. The reason we did that was because we felt our discussions would be irrelevant by the time e3 started especially because it was technically starting saturday with ea and then sunday was packed with bethesda microsoft so we release our podcast every weekend um every sunday at 2 p.m eastern standard time so we felt by that time a lot of the discussions would be irrelevant because there was only one thing to talk about that was e uh e3 so that's why we didn't have it last week we're back now we're going to talk about basically everything we saw at e3 our thoughts on it in general. We're just going to go down the list on how the conference has rolled out. Let's start off with EA. That's uh, uh, sh- should a- we give ratings of a thumbs up, thumbs down, thumb sideways, or do you want to do uh, not yeah, do that? Yeah, we can go for that. Yeah, you go first. Uh, <laughs> oh man, uh, I am outside. Of, yeah, outside of Battlefront, I'm going to thumb down. Thumb down. What for was EA. what was it? Just uh, the constant well, actually, uh, replayed of trailers. And- I apologize. I, f- I always forget this game because I don't think they give it enough time. A Way Out looks really cool. The that, split screen? Yeah, the split screen prison escape game looks really cool. Uh, what it was for me was I think they tried to use influencers, like YouTubers, streamers, in the weirdest way possible. Um, the trailers, the the games, this is, yet again, they, they've had the Star Wars license for how long? And um, I know this can boil down to my expectations, but they've had the Star Wars license for how long? And all we've seen is two Battlefronts now. Like, you're trying to tell me you don't have... You show a teaser last year for a Visceral Star Wars game. You show nothing this year. And apparently they commented on it and said it's because it's Battlefront 2's year. And I'm like, dude, people aren't going to complain if you have more Star Wars. Uh, You know, Need for Speed, that didn't look that cool. I actually thought, and we'll we'll get into this later, but I thought the crew, too, looked way better than anything Need for Speed offered, you know, especially in retrospect. Uh, But, like, I just struggled to remember some things from EA's conference, and it was so recent. Uh, They had had the sports. I expect that. That's the point where I just go on my phone and I stop paying attention, Um, you know, because they brought out these two random guys for FIFA. Like I said, I I, I thought there was a lot just that was very strange. And not the Ubisoft style of strange, but EA just out of touch strange, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I mean, they were... The the thing is, is that I don't think they understand that influencers, whatever you want to call them, content creators, YouTubers, Mm -hmm. Twitch, it's best to just let them do what they're good at doing, which is creating content for your games, not for your conferences. Mm-hmm. And when you when you try to ask them to do content for conferences or be involved, a lot of times those guys, you know, we all have our own personality, whatever. It, it doesn't come across as a group. When you invite some in, you're just like the person may not talk very well in front of a mic. 
yeah, versus maybe doing, yeah, during during their own editing and stuff. And then you obviously something did break behind the scenes because you had like Scott Porter and stuff out there talking on the street corner about games. And he's asking the people who were mocapped in the games with him, have they ever been mocapped? And that's when I realized that they were going off the cuff. They had completely, he, that was when the five guys were talking on the street corner. Oh, I don't yeah. know if you even saw this, uh, but, um, yeah, yeah, that sounds Jason street from Friday night lights is, uh, his, the actor's name is Scott oh, Porter. Yeah. And he, he, uh, he was talking about the new, the new games and about being recorded and your emotions. And turned to the people who were in the game with him and blurted out, have you ever been like, you know what mocapping is, right? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, wait, they were in the, they were in the game with you. And then it <laughs> dawned on me. I'm like, oh, he's so, they're so all out of their element. So most like there was a rumor that at least one game wasn't showed that was planning on being showed, which does a lot recently, which does happen. Yeah. So I think that's probably what it was. I give it a thumbs down as well. I thought it was terrible. I thought it was poorly timed the multiple trailers of the same game playing in the same conference. This wasn't like after the conference, but in the actual conference, they had like six of the soccer trailer. It just, it played. And then like 15 minutes later, it played again. And I was like, what is happening? Yeah. So very low effort. Cause they have a very conflict. Low. They ha they own, for example, we'll, we'll use star Wars. Um, they also announce Anthem. Like they own these studios that make games that get people excited but I'd say the majority of their audience, when they look at the data, is probably the sports games like FIFA. Yeah. And, you know, right. they're trying to build that that basketball empire with NBA Live, which uh, a lot of people laugh at. But they're still going for it, and I can admire that effort. And so I think they get this conflict where – and Madden as well. I always forget that one. So they have this conflict of, like, the games that probably make them the most money compared to the games that excite, like, the hardcore gamer. And the hardcore yeah. gamer is going to be watching the conference usually compared to the more laid back, I like sports types gamer. And so I think that's where their big problem shows up because they need to show those sports to get the word out there, to get the promotion and make right. their money. But then you disappoint the hardcore gamer. So then it trashes your reputation. It's a fucking cycle of shit. As for uh, the positive side of things, what was your favorite game that you saw during EA's conference? Um, you know... They did at they did Anthem right. They did the reveal trailer. We we reveal could trail. if you want to count Anthem as like EA or or Microsoft's. Well, if I don't count Anthem, then um nothing. Really? Yeah, yeah. I was I, I was disappointed left and right by that entire. I mean, that was one of the worst conferences I've ever seen in my life, and I've been watching <laughs> or at them for like fifteen years. Yeah. So I mean, it was it was it was legitimately terrible to the point to where. When you have people who have seen them and haven't seen them all asking, is it over or what's happening? You know, something's wrong because mm -hmm. it, it is a presentation. It's supposed to present things. Yeah. And yeah, I just, there was nothing there at all that made me go, oh. So you know, Battlefront like 2, nothing? No, uh, no. It, well, first of all, they waited too long for about, they said they were going to sure. show us 30 minutes, I think. And yeah. they waited a good 25 minutes and they kept saying, okay, now to Battlefront. Footage, and then another person would come out and start talking. You'd be like, what is happening? It, mm. Again, just really poor timing. And what they showed was great. I had already seen it because I think you and I the talked leak, about, right. about the leak. So I'd already seen some of that. And that's great and everything. But I'm going to be honest. The original looks amazing. So it, what they showed was more amazing with Darth Maul. Mm -hmm. That's great and everything. But I, I would have much rather had them show open places to play, multiple levels, and just break down the game instead of like, here's One a guy in a dark match. area with a lightsaber. Yeah. Yeah. I feel you then. That's a good point. Yeah. For me, it was 
I said this on Twitter. I was like, I like what I saw a lot for Battlefront Two. I'm definitely more optimistic uh, right. for this one, but I'm and me too. I'm being cautious because the first one I thought looked awesome, and especially after the beta when I played that, I was like, the first one could be better than the originals. I like their vision, and I still say that now. I like their vision, the the content. Um, yeah, I definitely would like to see more. Um, I, I would have rather, you know, they they said they were spending a half hour showing gameplay. I wasn't expecting one big match, but with with shoutcasters from Twitch and stuff. But exactly. I, I was expecting was I. Uh, something out of Fallout Four. You know, I was expecting like a here's this element of our game. Here's some campaign gameplay. You know, here's here's more of a breakdown of some extra modes. Um, here's the customization for a multiplayer. I was expecting that. So, um, and I, I don't know if they're gonna show more of that down the line. I imagine so. But uh, they definitely heavily lean on that uh, that Game Changers program, and um, I think I'm not calling the people in the program biased, but I wonder if the reason for that is because of the positive coverage that does come out of that. Because I was in that program personally for Battlefront One, and when I trashed Battlefront One, they kicked me out, and I have not heard from them since. So for me, it's like, I wonder if that's why they were like, cause they were like, here's the game changers. The game changers do this. Here's a battlefront two thing. Game changers are playing it. I'm not saying this out of envy. Cause a lot of the game changers, I'm actually friends with these YouTubers and they're, they're great people. Right. I'm just saying that uh, I wonder if it's from the positive coverage, if that's why they lean on that so heavily. And so that might be how they spread the word further about the game. on like yeah, the YouTube that's, sphere. I do believe that for mm-hmm. sure. One thing I do yeah. have to commend them for is when they came out, they probably should have showed Battlefront 2 first. It would have been a strong start because I noticed when uh, the CEO came out, I forgot his name, um, when he came out, he was like, yeah, we, we got your feedback. It wasn't all positive. Or like he said, it right. wasn't positive. I think he didn't say like he didn't sugarcoat it. Like it wasn't all positive. He said like it wasn't good. Uh, so at least they admitted that they, they thought despite the sales for Battlefront 1, which I pretty good, that they wanted to try to do better um i thought that was admirable i thought there was yeah. a lot of ways they could have hid behind it but uh they chose not to but overall yeah, i don't have i don't have much to add to that i just I, I, it was it was ultimately incredibly disappointing mm-hmm. for me. and then we move on to microsoft's conference which i thought was a good step up from ea's at the very least but uh compared to last year's microsoft conference which i think was largely forgettable uh this one we saw a lot it started off with metro exodus yeah Oh man! Yeah, which looked, it looked sweet, even though it was, um, you know, obviously not in gameplay mode for oh. most of it. Oh yeah, the, the um, but it still still looked putting fantastic. the hand on the on the window, climbing over the closing yeah. the door and stabbing him through the the door as he's chasing you. Uh, the the big giant creature like scrambling. Creature designs were awesome. Oh god, yeah, fantastic. But there were a lot. What did you of think of it as a whole? Well, yeah, I could see in the in the demo there were a lot of scripted moments, but I was trying to take it for what natural elements were shown there, like going yeah. through uh, the metro tunnels, the lighting, the atmosphere was like, even though it was just an E3 demo, you could tell if I were sitting mm-hmm. in a room, just my headphones on like I normally do when I'm gaming, that that type of moment there would just be instantly engrossing. So right. that sold me. I like the idea of them doing stalker-like open hub levels. I think that's going to yeah. be awesome because the exploration in Last Light was really good, especially when this game has some survival elements. Uh, so I can see why that was a natural evolution. But they said they're going to keep the core gameplay and keep it mostly linear, which I like. Um, I think that was one of its greatest assets in the old Metro games was that um, intensity, the orchestrated moments that right. really kept you going, that type of stuff. Uh, but yeah, that was 
probably that was one of my games of the show even though like you said yeah it wasn't in gameplay mode for sure um it, it was just what i saw seeing a new metro game um you know it also kind of filled the fallout void you know there, there's been that itch again for, oh, for sure apocalyptic yeah. game and uh metro is definitely the next best in my book uh so because i've never played stalker i should mention that first before anyone flips out but um yeah just it, it looked fantastic yeah i um I don't really I'm not a huge fan of those games, to be honest, like okay. Stalker. I liked somewhat, but I, there was a lot at, when it first came out. There were a lot of issues technically with it. Mm-hmm. And Stalker is one of those games that got better and better with the patches and, and fan fixes and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's a Metro, heavily modded game, right? Yeah, yeah. And Metro Last Light, I did like uh, and, and this looked good. It's just, um, you know, it was it was on that game in particular versus any other game at the show. It was difficult to tell what was real and what was a cutscene, so that's why I was, I was a little bit more like, okay. I mean, they can do some crazy stuff graphically. We know that already, so I would assume that we're going to see something very close to that. But I was more yeah. for that one in particular. I was a little bit more step back and just sort of, okay, I see what you're looking to do. Yeah, and uh, I'm going to hold off until they show more. Well, that's why I liked how I think they did. They just say coming eight twenty eighteen or this eight yeah, early twenty eighteen. Right. Yeah, so I, I like that at least because you know they could definitely take some time to adjust and, and listen yeah. to feedback and stuff. Um, I mean, I remember in an interview during after that demo, they were like, "Yeah, that's gonna be what the game looks like." I don't have trouble believing that just because I mean, I remember that level of detail in Last Light, for example, where like you'd have you'd go outside and there'd be rain on your, on your mask and you like wipe the rain off. You'd see the droplets streak across. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It was just this insane attention to detail. So that wouldn't surprise me. I just hope that the open hubs don't take away too much from what makes, uh, what made Metro so fun, which I thought were some of those closed in environments. Some of those real tight moments, uh, where like enemies would be really up close and in your face and you wouldn't have much room to back up. I think a lot of that was actually the, the part, a lot of the good parts of the game. They've probably had this idea for the title for a while of what they wanted to do when they had the tech to do so. But maybe those technical limitations could have been its biggest benefit to making the franchise what it is today. So that's why you get a little nervous hearing they're going into these open areas and trying to expand. But uh, I, I think it's a good natural evolution in the scheme of things. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see what more they show. And they, they don't have a problem showing stuff. So yeah. I, I'm sure we'll see something here soon. Yeah, they're they're pretty open to the fans. I mean, there was, I think they said 42 games, Spill Center said, at the yeah. beginning of the, the conference. Uh, so I apologize to the viewers if we're jumping around a little too much with uh, the games. We're kind of going off the cuff. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of games. Of heads. Yeah, and there's a lot of games, and not all of them look good. Uh, to me, one of that didn't really look that good, and it's coming out this fall, and they need to promote it a little bit more because, I mean, Microsoft's been lacking in their exclusive department, but uh, Crackdown 3, in my opinion. I was not... Uh, I've only watched a trailer that they showed at E3. I'm, I, I'm not sure if there's any extra gameplay, but mm-hmm. from what I saw, I just... It looked clunky. looked uh looked like it was it still needed work. Um, I just, I wasn't feeling it. I like Crackdown. I'm not like a huge fan of it, but, um, something just didn't feel right. I felt like that through every fucking conference this (laughs) evening. Not to be rude, but wait till we get to Spider-Man and I'm going to destroy a lot of dreams when we get to Spider-Man. There are some severe problems right now with that and with God of War. Uh, Uh, I think that, oh yeah, I can get with you on that one. Um, there, there's a lot of oddity. It was an uncomfortable E3 all around. And, um, I give, I give Microsoft a huge thumbs up. I was actually really happy with their conference just because 
you know, when a company says we're going to show games, a lot of people are very egotistical and think that that means they're going to show games just for them. But until they get a Netflix filter to where they know exactly what you like, there's going to be time wasted on games you don't like. But the fact is that Microsoft showed games that are available on, on their PC and on, and on Xbox. And I thought most of what they showed looked good or interesting to people I know or myself. I'm, there's only a couple genres I won't really jump into. Mm -hmm. um, but when it comes to like, when it comes to Metro or when it comes to this one, <clears throat> there's just, I don't know what it was about these events, but they, they're, I, I guess like with Crackdown, okay, so, and I said this prior to the, uh, I think to you, I can't remember who I said it to, but I was saying it yesterday to somebody, uh, that I feel like this was a very low effort E3. What I mean by that is, it's like Crackdown was just a trailer with some comic book cuts and all this stuff. And it's like you're not showing the gameplay of a game like you just said, which is supposedly coming out here very soon. Additionally, there's not a lot of destruction. So the destruction might be pared down. You might have been seeing the OG Xbox version mm. versus the Scorpio, whatever. But I felt I get what you mean. But by the time that game was shown, I was already so disenchanted with everything that had happened that I sort of did this step back where I'm like, you know what, whatever. Like, I just watched it. I, I, I totally get what you're saying. I think you're right. But I just can't tell what's going on. This is the weirdest E3 ever. I cannot tell what's going on. It's like they hired a bunch of kids to cut some trailers for all of the games instead of In showing way, substantial did, uh, stuff. Maybe not with the editing and stuff. Who knows behind the scenes? But, I mean, like I said, you saw a lot of streamers, YouTubers. Influencers and streamers, yeah. You know, you saw a lot of that. It could, could have influenced the production and what they thought production values were at for our I hope it's a good that. game. But I would agree with you. I do, too. I mean, I, but I'm just like, Well, here's eh. the thing. It's like, let's look at Sea of Thieves coming out next year. Pretty extensive demo. Good look at True. the game. I was, I personally am pretty sold on the idea of grouping up with a bunch of friends and, and doing Me what too. they did. I think it looked awesome with the uh, the riddles and stuff, and that's how you yep. track the quest. I thought that Very was pretty cool. inventive. And so you look at that. That's coming out next year. And I'm not saying show less of that, but why show less of a game that you're trying to sell this fall, especially yep. amidst all the competition, no but way. more of a game coming out later. That it just it doesn't match up. Um, maybe at Gamescom, I know some developers, publishers like to hold off content for Gamescom because there's like double the audience there. That could be why. Yeah. But um, for me personally, I, I just I look at it and scratch my head a little bit. No, that's a legitimate. That's like a legitimate complaint right there. I, I the only thing I could think of is maybe they think Crackdown has its own audience and they're having a trouble selling people on sea of thieves which is correct that, everybody yeah, i know true. who's played it loves it everybody i know who's played it loves it but mm -hmm. those people who haven't played it 50 percent of them are like what like what is this game so yeah. it does i don't think it shows well it and and i don't know why i don't know if it's their fault or if it's the game style but i think you and i maybe are just sort of the cusp on a group of people who understand it and some people are just sort of legitimately going i'm still not getting why i would jump into this so it could be that they're worried about the the impact for for that's one true, another. it's probably especially with the gaming climate probably a lot easier to sell an open world game with explosions than a oh yeah cooperative yeah. with terry cruz they yeah. hired terry cruz and did you know that terry cruz is playable just because he asked did you hear that really yeah terry cruz like i guess he because he's a big game fan and he contacted the company and was like man i'd love to be a playable character so they made him the playable character they were like okay come in that's yeah, so insane. that was awesome. Yeah, that, that is really it's, cool. Because Overwatch I mean, turned him down. Blizzard, they were they were trying oh, to they? get him as Doomfist, and they were like, "He's 
I, I think they're lying, but they were like, yeah, that's that's not happening because I think it'd be a good surprise because everyone yeah, very much that so. he'd be the, the next hero. Yeah. But um, one game that really has stuck with me, um, and I think you'll agree, just off of aesthetic alone was uh, it was called The Last Night. Yeah, right. That I don't pixelated. Even, yeah, I don't three D art. Yeah, yeah, like three D art pixelation, but yet like flashback full detailed Runner. models in certain areas that didn't fit the game's art style. It was like three different art styles in one. It was right something I've never seen before. Um, I don't know anything about the game. I don't know anything about the story. I don't know how it's going to play. But just off aesthetic alone, I was like, that was one title during E3 that I'm like, I need to know more about this. I need to look into this. Sadly, coming in 2018 as well. But that was one that that really caught me off guard. Yeah, it was like, you know, I've been contacted a couple times to cover it. And to be brutally honest, they were just showing pictures. So I was like, man, I'm not really interested in like talking about it on the channel yet. So I saw it and I was like, oh, that's great. They're fine. They're showing it and E3 and Microsoft was showing it, which was also cool because they're they were big into indie games, this particular E3. Mm-hmm. So that was great to see that. What I did like or thought was really unique is like the character's hair was pixels, but the way it was moving was 3D. And so there's I, I'm going to have to look into what they're using and what what type of graphics effects they're using, because it reminds me of those moments where you get something really weird, like Outcast used NURBS instead of polygons. Um uh, there's just different games have done one little weird thing, and so you get this odd look. And I thought that that was really cool. When you see it, I don't think there's another game that you can look at and go, "That's." I think most people that was the one game where they were like, "Whoa, what the fuck?" Yeah. That or Ori, Ori in the Blind, or that was Ori a in the Blindest, an Ori sequel. That was I didn't expect that at all. You know, not that like with the way the first one ended, but yeah, the oh, first right. one, Ori in the Blind Forest. I mean, that was excellent. I, I, I've said it plenty of times. Ladies and gentlemen, if you want to know one thing about me as a gamer, I do not like Metroidvania games all yeah, too right. much. Very few titles in that genre click with me. Uh, Ori and the Blind Forest is one of them. I love. You that know what's game. great about that game too? I don't know if you agree, but what's great about that game is I have found a number of people who don't like those type of games who are now better at them because of Ori, and they wanted oh, to get to the end. Because Ori, they were was just hard. like, <laughs> yeah, and Ori got harder. And there was the tree. There's one particular mm. section in that game that I swear to shit. They did just because they wanted to see if they could kill somebody from their blood pressure. But yeah, um, are you talking about where like the lava was coming up or the water yes, was coming up? I the water. Which... Yeah. You're just like, what the yeah. fuck? It's so hard. Um, it, but what's funny is a lot of people I talk to are like, dude, I don't like games like that. But because it looked so pretty and because it was so ethereal, mm-hmm. it was, I just I continued. And now I either like those games or they say something like I'm much better at the games because I know what's sort of expected now because that game taught on a pretty good learning curve. It was really it, it got difficult, but at the starting, it wasn't too difficult. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, fuck, yeah. Just a very yeah, both of those games. Game. And then for me, it was Ashen. Yeah, um, wow. I, that, now I, I, I know told what you're you talking about. Yeah. yeah, dude. That was the when first that guy time got I saw it. I was like, whoa. Throne, when he got out of his throne and his cloak is the boss and his cloak's billowing and he's got that cane and he walks forward and you can see everything move, I was just like, fuck. I, yeah. I, I feel like I've been excellent. talking about that game for. Yeah, we've years. been talking about it for a while. They said that's 2018 <laughs> yeah. as well? Yeah, yeah, I, I talked mean, to the guys. At it's this rate, we thought 2017 was like a fucking monumental year for gaming. And it's it's looking like it, especially with the fall lineup too. But I mean, now we're looking into the 2018 already, just based off look alone, just that first look. And it's like, oh my God, like we're really stacking up the good games there too. Um, what else was there? I guess let's talk Versa. about Anthem. That's a that's the first one. That oh, we'll talk about Anthem, yeah. I'm not sold on it. Not sold on it. Um, okay, how about scale-wise? Uh, 
budget wise insanity uh you know you can see the facial animations uh the gameplay the the particle effects i mean it's it's a high fucking budget title you can see where bioware is putting their money completely my reception as a and i'm not sure if you'll be on the same wavelength when i say this because i know you're the same as me as a bioware fan my reception as an old-time bioware fan is they literally said we can't fucking make rpgs fuck it let's not make one Let's do right. Bioware's Destiny. Because yeah, at right. first I was into it, but then she completes a, a menial kind of side task where you clear out a group of enemies in an area, and she gets loot. And she's like, come on, give me something good. I'm like, I leaned back, and I was like, no. And then she's like, no, I still got like a legendary. I'm like, you're kidding. You're, you're kidding me, Bioware. You're really going to do this. You're going to do an RNG fucking loot, open world, shared world game. I And Drew Carpenter's writing for it. That definitely, and for those who don't know, he's writer for KOTOR, definitely, you know, amped up my interest. Right. But, like, I'm not sold on it. As cool as the fucking huge world looks, the the mech suits, I mean, like, yeah, I could, I'm definitely going to play it. Uh, but as a excitement factor, not sold. Uh, because it's, to me, I view it as Bioware stepping away from what they used to be very good at and trying something that's now popular. You know, the shared world, Destiny type games. Uh, you know, you could toss Borderlands into that mix in a way, I guess. But, like, Borderlands, Destiny, now Anthem. I mean, I, I I was a little disappointed with the aesthetic. But with the fan base that Bioware has been cultivating, I get why everyone's fucking jazzed on that game. Because, you know, they've been building up that action-focused fan base for a while now. And that's what most people know them for, not the older RPGs that, like, you and I have played from them. Well, so what's interesting is, and I'm sure you know, but the the A team that did Mass Effect two and three are doing this, and that includes Casey and and some others. And um, it's interesting because, as somebody just tweeted me this morning, they're like, "Now I see where all the money from Mass Andromeda actually went." Yeah, and it, which is probably true in some ways, is in just focus. But to me, I'm okay with it. I'll sit back and I'll see what happens because Destiny two looks like Destiny two, as in there was nothing surprising there. So if Anthem is Bioware's version of Destiny, and they happen to have better writing, or any writing at fucking all, and uh, compared to Destiny, because Destiny was just terrible in its story, <laughs> or or delivery of it at least. If they can do that, and then they can have some good action, well then, and it, let's say they hinge on Mass Effect 3's multiplayer as their action um, template, we want it to feel like this, well then fuck, I'm all over it. Mm-hmm. So, so to me, I see exactly where you're coming from, but I also see that the op that the opposite has the same 50-50 chance of happening. That that what you're saying has a 50% chance of happening. But the opposite is that the money, those people that we wanted to be working on Andromeda are actually working on this. We could see a, a, an increase there. What blows me away is talking to people and they were like, no, dude, we were playing that on the Xbox X. That's friggin', yeah. that's insanity graphically. Graphically, yeah. that is insanity. When the, the, the foliage and stuff, it's... That, to me, just from a technical standpoint, will be really interesting to look at. Because Bioware knows how to nail that, anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. I mean, part of it's me coming to terms with the Bioware I love. They're I know. It's so gone, dude. Lo- long gone. It's long gone. gone. It's gone. Rare is gone. They're gone. Like, all the people we love yeah. are neutered. They're somewhere else. It kills me. Um, you know, it really does. I'm not trying to sound me too. melodramatic, but it, it, it kills me. So that's 
that part of me and, and just like me being a stick in the mud is why I'm kind of like Anthem, like, oh. No, like, I get you. You know, it's not like I was, I don't want uh, listeners to misinterpret me as like, oh, I just wanted KOTOR 3 or KOTOR HD. I always joke about every E3. I'm like, yeah, it's it, it, like, here we go. Like, this will be the year. But, um, you know, like, in the scheme of things, it's just like, I just want that traditional Bioware RPG because they, they made them the best when they were at that golden age. And um, they clearly have just decided to ditch that entirely. My only hope kind of lies with now that new Dragon Age game that they're making that they confirmed. Maybe that ends up being... What's it called? You know, I, I don't know what it's called. They just... Okay. Uh, someone on Twitter, uh, I think a writer for the game or an actor confirmed, like, yeah, we're, confirmed. we're making a new Dragon Age game. Um, so it, it is coming. So that's where my hopes lie for the RPG aspect. But Anthem, I'm just not really sold on. Uh open shared world wise like a division as well like yeah you know i like the division a lot i haven't played it in right. dumb long but you know I, they're the type of games i can get into but they don't keep me invested for long that's just how i stand on it and i, I don't see why anthem could be any any different but i do trust in drew's writing so you know it could be a difference maker for me mm-hmm. it could be yeah no i would agree i mean like i said 50 50 for me yeah yeah i could i could so. get on that board there what else was there we had anthem forza Mm, Forza, Forza I, I know that you were a fan of Horizon somewhat. I, I don't remember if you're a Forza fan, but I got to say, man, like I had been told by a couple people that what they were seeing from the dev kits for Forza 4 was staggering. And I was all, well, you know, I mean, racing games are hard because you want them to hit 60. You, yeah. you don't want any pop up. You, you know, you really there. That's why a lot of times when a new game console comes out, that's one of the first games to show because it's it's usually such a good graphical like barometer of what you can do on the system, but the shit that Forza is doing is just oh my yeah, god! I saw, and I say that with every Forza. Very <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> but, true. Somehow somehow they manage to impress more. Yeah, no matter what they do, it's like how how are you doing this? <laughs> how is it yeah, still I mean, appealing? I'm interested in that, and then um, you know some of the little indie it, it, they the thing that I liked about what they did was they. They they just did random little games like there was there was a big game and a small game and then a this and then thirty seconds of this and then mm-hmm. fifteen minutes of of Sea of Thieves. Um, I'm just happy that I'm happy that even if some of those games don't fit me, that Microsoft did that because it allows for them to say, yeah, we're not going to make games for everybody, but here's some good games. And there was a lot, and that was uh, the the thing that Sony and fucking Microsoft do that pisses me off is. It doesn't piss me off. It's that they're unclear, and I hate it when they say like this is console exclusive for launch. This is yeah. Um, they said Sony they said player on uh, uh, player unknown battlegrounds. They're like yeah, coming exclusively to Xbox, and I'm like oh wow, like that's pretty big. You know, PUBG yeah. is pretty fucking big. And then like day later, like it's coming to PS4 in a couple months afterwards. I'm like really. And like, Sony Sony's holding back actual in Destiny. I don't know if you saw that, but Sony's actually holding back strikes again. Yeah. from other players and that kind of stuff a legendary like, which a lot of people in the destiny community were saying like that or exotic i think i apologize destiny players oh uh, they, i they, forgot they, yeah, yeah but they were saying like that's big like an exotic weapon yeah. like that's big to them and i was like damn um it, it, yeah it's there's a, a lot of exclusive shit going on what did you think about the x as a creator i'm probably gonna pick it up if i'm a consumer i don't see how microsoft really sold me on it um personally um, 
Especially when the news came out that, like, for example, Destiny was running at 30 FPS on the One X. I was like, you just boasted how this is the most powerful console, 4K, 60 FPS. I was on board. And then that happens. It's like, you know, like, Destiny would be awesome in 60 FPS on a, on a console. Um, I, I do have to, I will say this much, I do have to do more research. Um, all I know is based off what they told me in the conference for the for the One X. So if there's any knowledge you plan on dropping on me, now is the time. <laughs> No, I mean, just any multiplayer game you can guarantee will be um, frame rate wise the lowest denominator. So True, Pro we, is we at 30. We've talked about that before because of the yeah. co-op shit. Yeah, yeah they've, they've made sure that they've stated that before the Xbox X version was even announced that, you know, that's just the way it was going to be. Um, I, uh, I think price wise, it makes sense. Uh, there were some people trying to, from PC Gamer and a couple different websites have tried to put together PCs that are somewhat equivalent hardware-wise, which mm-hmm. doesn't make sense because one's open and one's closed. And if you talk to any developer, there are some efficiencies on closed boxes. But they couldn't do it price-wise. I think it came out, I think the lowest was 700 um, versus the 500. But to me, the 500 is still a lot. Like, yes. it's, a, it's, a, it's hard for me to, like, look at that and go... And it's not even because it doesn't look great, because it does. The shit, I mean, and this is what you, we talked about this a couple podcasts ago where I said the rumor I had heard was almost everything because of popular developer support was going to be shown on the Scorpio mm-hmm. at E3. And everything was. And the people who were there, like, the, the, did you see the developer for ARC? Did you hear about his, no. how he blew up forums? The developer for ARC and the developer for um, Path of Exile both were talking about how this, how powerful the Scorpio is, and I guess it just pissed people off because he was like, "Oh no, like insanely powerful." We got Path of Exile running in two hours, um, two hours after we had the we had the SDA kit or SDK kits. We got it running in two hours. It's going to be sixty frames versus thirty on the. We're going to have extra, and people, you know, fans were just up in arms. Like everybody wants every game to be identical on any system, but they don't at the same time. Oh, very uh, odd. Okay. I was confused. You know, it's what like. You meant. Oh, sorry. No, it's just, but it's like Bungie. Because you were like, like, fans are up in arms because it's 60 FPS? Why? They are. They, well, not, not Xbox. The, the, yeah, I was going to say yeah. the, the fans of the others. Okay. Yeah. Or you'll hear somebody say, well, I have a PS4 and a PC. They didn't sell me. And that's sort of like saying I have a really good car and I'm showing up at the car place. Sell me a car. Yeah. The person's like, why the fuck would I sell you? Like, it, there's a lot of ego that happens in game where they're like, this is for me, but it's not for me. So I can say that it's not for me. It's like, no, you can't. That makes mm-hmm. in this is one of the few industries where that happens. And um, it it was an interesting announcement. I just feel that 500 was enough that when you announce it, then you start looking at the games even closer. If it's 400, you look at it and go, ah, if it's 300, you look at it and go, OK, but at 500, you have to really pick and go. There has to be reasons. Mm-hmm. And I think graphically there are reasons, but if you already have an Xbox or a PS4, then there's less. I put it this way. I mean, I have a bunch of friends who are kind of deciding between a Switch, do I wait on the, or do I look into the Xbox One X? And they were struggling to make a decision on a $300 Switch, which they were convinced on the games. And so for me, I look at the Xbox One X and it's like, how many games have they really convinced you on with that platform? And and they were struggling just to spend three hundred something dollars on a, a switch. And it's five hundred's like, a lot of. Yeah, fucking... I was going to say five hundred plus some games. Like, you know, so you got that issue there too. It's like that's a struggle in its own right. Um, and there's a, a live example right there. Um, Luckily, we won't have to worry about a person with a 1080 TV. That was one of the things I was. I had heard yeah, the rumors that, that they were going to downscale everything, and I was like, we'll see. But that was all announced, and the hardware filtering was announced. 
which is huge. Uh, there's there's forums you can go to that have downsampled pictures from 4K to 1080, and it's it is just better yeah, by a, by a large amount versus yeah. a normal 1080 screen. So yeah, I mean as a as a hardcore gamer and and someone who makes YouTube videos, like I will I will be yeah, picking up right. a One X. But uh, it just as a consumer, yeah, it comes down to the games, I guess. And, and so, well, it's a pro too, like a pro, right? Because don't mm-hmm. you just? I think you just have a, a PS4, don't you? Yeah, I do. You don't. You don't have the pro. No. Same thing, right? Yeah. Like you look at it, and you're like, it's a little better. Uh, this is, might be a lot better, but yeah, you're just that's like, the thing yeah. is, I have the Xbox One Slim, so it's like, I think, uh, right? Like, yeah, it's still it's a it's a noteworthy upgrade. Um, it's yeah, definitely, sure. yeah, I could definitely see myself putting the money down for it. Um, it's just that $500, I, I mean, I think what would have really sold it is that they almost treat it not like another member of the Xbox One family, but like a true console announcement that was like, look at these, exclu-, like, like when you do announce a console and you're like, look at these exclusives we got, look what's going to be supporting our brand new system. I didn't feel I saw, an, uh, for a system launching in 2017, I didn't feel I saw enough 2017 games. You know, yeah. that, that's how I stand on it. Yeah, I would agree. What else was there? I mean, we had the console. We covered some of the indies. The... Any games I'm forgetting? No, no, nothing that's like, you know, super worth mentioning from them. I mean, because yeah. there was, the, I, I don't want, and I'm not dissing on indies, but, you know, mm-hmm. there was enough of the smaller games, the Ori's, and then and then even smaller, like the Last Night, that yeah. were there, Ashen. Uh, I think that they, of all the companies, they actually covered the, the widest Oh, yeah. Whatever you want to call it, you know, the widest category of genre. So I was actually pretty happy with it. I'm just going to be honest. The the one thing I am happy or unhappy about is I, I'm i waiting. I just want somebody to fix all the controllers on all the systems. I bitched about this last podcast. But, like, I, the Xbox One S, I like its controller. I If you wanted to sell me the X with some Elites, I would be far more apt to buy it mm-hmm. for 500 if you said here's an Elite with it. You know, but yeah. that's just me. I, I mean, I, the elite we, is amazing. Oh yeah, because yeah, they got like thousands of controller designs. But uh, I, I love when we're just looking at the controller itself. I mean, the Xbox One controller is like it fits my hands the best. It feels the best. I love that one. But Sunday was pretty good for Microsoft. Bethesda, on the other hand, was the, amazing. Uh huh. Funny guy over here. Let's. You loved it. <laughs> oh, let's, yeah, let's get your let's get your two cents on. Uh... Oh, it's fucking terrible! Come on, like that was a stupid. <laughs> wait, wait, wait I'm sorry, what... we, we forgot something. Microsoft conference, thumbs up, thumb down, side thumb, uh, a thumbs up for me, thumbs for sure. up for me as well. Okay, uh, now yeah. let's go back. You said it's fucking terrible. Oh, it's terrible! It's terrible. Yeah. That was the one of the worst. Po- that was one of the worst. Just like E3 is one of the worst E uh, E3 conferences I've ever seen. And their thing where they try to remind you of why you're there, even though you know why you're there. They're like, we're Bethesda. No shit. It says that on the mm-hmm. ticket. What the fuck are we talking about your old shit for? And they close it with Wolfenstein. I like Wolfenstein. I love uh, the the first of the remakes. But come the fuck on. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. is like Some people are just boiled down to length and content shown in the evil thing in the Wolfenstein game. Like They're coming out in four months. You're trying to tell me you couldn't show... A uh, bigger game demo, play. you know, because right. yeah, Wolfenstein got an eight-minute trailer. Technically, this I say is in quotes trailer, even though it had some gameplay, had some story. You're telling me you couldn't show some more raw gameplay of that for another five minutes. You're telling me after the Evil Within, you couldn't show more raw gameplay of that. I mean, I just that was one of the most lackluster conferences, especially when half your conference was 
promoting ELC, ESO DLC that was has been out. Uh, it was in early access, like sometime in yeah. May. Uh, it's been out for a while. Elder Scrolls Legends, Creation Club. Uh, what else? I mean, it, it was just it was it was an atrocity. Of I mean, the VR stuff was cool. Um, I thought that was that was pretty cool. But God, dude, like they just dropped the ball so hard. You like everyone was talking about Starfield, and I, I was trying to explain in my video when I made it about. It, I was like, it wasn't even the lack of Starfield. It, it wasn't even that. It was just that they clearly didn't have enough to show in general. Because even if yeah. Starfield happened, like yeah, I, I think a lot of people have been hyped. Like, let's go, but as the game studios is back, but like it doesn't change the fact that that probably would have been like would have filled up to an hour. It doesn't change the fact that like half the conference was still fucking awful. You know, I, I just don't get that. I, I much rather their approach last year and in 2015 where you sh- you announce the game, get the dev on stage, and as gameplay's rolling, he's talking over it. They did that with Doom, sold us on Doom. Did it with Dishonored yeah. too, sold us on that. I'm shocked we didn't hear anything about Prey. That's kind of strange. Battlecry must be gone. They might as well just announce that that, that studio, that game is completely gone. I just fuck fuck that conference so, so bad. So here's here's what's weird to me, and the rumor is is that they were going to show Starfield, but it is weird to me that at the starting, Starfield was in their background. Mm-hmm. There was a Starfield in the background. There was there was multiple hints that something space wise was going to be shown, yeah. and then they started Christmas music, and pretty soon you were just like pu- it was Puzzle Land instead of whatever they wanted to call it. You know, like I was just puzzled the entire time. I, I, when you look at it, there's a chance something, you know, we've, we've talked about this. There's a chance that something got canceled, didn't get shown because they didn't feel it was ready. Who knows? Um, but I think what Bethesda's problem is, is that they made it feel like they were going out of business to me. This, I know it sounds weird, but they didn't show much in the future except for Wolfenstein. And so it was it was it was a it felt like a almost a funeral. It was like a wake where it's like, let's celebrate the old shit we did. And you're like, the old shit. What is going on in this entire and then right at the end, Wolfenstein, great, because they showed the things that I think a lot of games won't show, swastikas and stuff. Like, I was actually, I was actually really excited for some of what was going on in Wolfenstein, too. Um, but it was five minutes or whatever. Like, it was just, it was a weird way to end a, an incredibly lackluster pop. And they didn't even end. They could have ended and just said, Starfield, 2019. Or, yeah. Or I mean, any new game. They had, new game coming. Yeah, you know. they had one of the most optimal setups for a wait oh, yeah. one more like when pete hines came out on the stage right. he's like yeah it's all coming out in 2017 we hope you had a good time you, you check the watch oh it's 40 minutes in the conference what's left pete here's he, some time yeah. yeah like there's some good time left and he's just like all right take care guys i'm like huh, what uh, i oh man i have my reactions on my channel i'm sure people listening now have already seen it but i, I was stunned my yeah. jaw was like on the floor and just utter shock and disbelief that they thought that was enough i mean some people felt like when pete came out on the stage the second time around that like he looked visibly pissed like he knew what was coming after he and announced the show was over and i'd imagine he does he knows how bethesda fans can get especially when they're disappointed and so ah man just gotta shake your head at that one yeah, it was an odd podcast, or it was sorry, it was an odd conference. I I do believe that that one most likely of any of them, E three we know there were technical issues, but I would say with Bethesda of any of them, there's I think there's probably some substance to something being planned that didn't get 
And it could have been a technical issue. You could have had a fucking SDK kit. You know, one of your development kits could have crashed. Mm -hmm. They could have had, and they couldn't, you know, they couldn't get it up and running in time or, or something like that. That can, that can happen. So, yeah, or I something mean, didn't get shipped. They're all flying places, you know. So, what if something didn't sh get shipped the way they thought it was going to? Would so, you it say, is possible. Uh, that in response to this E3 conference, would it have been better if they, because, you know, it seemed like the mantra for this conference was like, it's all coming in 2017. You're all going to get it, your hands right. on it this year. Would it have been better to maybe toss in some extra announcements and stuff of like what's coming next year um, to help this conference out? Or do you no. think they should have just, just fucking tanked this one and just come back next year and, and try just to... Just showed more Wolfenstein, probably. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. mean, let's be honest. They were the ones trying to tell us that VR Fallout was... Uh, I mean, and this is in February, mind you. Todd comes on some place and tells everybody that what they're working on in Fallout VR will blow you away. The greatest thing since sliced bread, blah, blah, blah. And we get a 14-second trailer of a armless fuck running around. <laughs> and... I mean, talk about a wasted opportunity right there. You just you just sat and fucking told everybody there was this amazing thing coming, and you had E3, and you showed us another trailer. Instead of having have somebody with a vibe standing up there, you know, show us some some direct video of somebody playing the game and running around in Fallout, so we can decide. It's a full priced game, by the way, too. Yeah, we just found that bucks. out. Not full even. fucking priced game. That's that shocks me. So you know what? You should you should. Of all the things, if you want to sell us something in 2017, then sell us on it. Don't just tell us about it in a trailer. Show us why we should buy it. Yeah, it's it's they with didn't. their recent success. You got to wonder if it's transformation of they used to have to really push when they published because they had a bad probably rep is to try to yeah. sell it to now. Oh, we make good stuff. You should you should want this. You know, yeah. they fucking announced they're making a Fallout drone, like uh, like one of those fucking drones you fly around. They're making a Fallout version of that. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, you know, well, they, they just expect everything to sell. Yeah, and nobody wants to admit that every company changes. We just talked about Rare and, and, yeah. and Bioware. Um, the fact is is that you know uh, every console, if you've ever lived through any console generation, the egotistical console creator is terrible. You know, egotistical Sony telling you to get two jobs, egotistical Microsoft putting a Kinect in their Xbox One. You can have developers do the same thing, you know, and they're, they're like, we're not giving out review copies. Doom reviewed well. Dishonored 2 reviewed Pretty better than I thought it was going, but but there was still there was more issues there. They may just be. I mean, I'm not trying to be rude to anybody, but they there's there's a weird envelope. A comfortable you can get comfortable and just go like, Meh. you know, it's like, also Meh. a, a conflict because when I was talking to some of the members of Bethesda at PAX, and I was just like, you know, what's good with the, the review policy? I was like, that's kind of. I was like, I was like, it's kind of bullshit. And he was just like, I honestly don't know what they were thinking. Like, so there's like a conflict amidst the company where there's like a oh, good yeah. bunch of people who are like, we don't want this, so. Uh, what I've been trying to nail down here is that I really feel as if there's an internal struggle between yeah. the suits who want to make money and the people who really know what their fans want within yeah, the company. I would agree. And, and it sucks to see as uh, obviously the suits are winning over. Um, what, <laughs> yeah. I, what I really hope they don't do is, you know, despite the shitty conference and stuff, they do still publish and develop good games as far as I'm concerned. And what for I'm really sure. hoping for is that um, they don't start exacting creative control over those titles. You know, I think a good reason these games from Bethesda published and developed have turned out so well is because they literally said, okay, here's the money, go do what right. you want, we'll check up in a month, see how things are going, you need more time, fine, we'll delay it, no problem. 
that type of stuff has been Bethesda's greatest asset when it comes to creating games. When it comes to some of these consumer decisions, though, um, let's talk about Creation Club. Yet another way to to make some money, I guess, right? Uh, yeah. You know, I, I've always said when it comes to these companies, your company, we know you need to make money. It's about how well you can cam- camouflage that and also how you impact your consumers when you make those type of decisions. And, you know, we'll talk about Take-Two in a second about their take on mods, but it's clear that a lot of people are looking at them and saying, why are these free? How can we make money off of this free product created by fans? What system can we put in place? And and what we're seeing with Creation Club is that the mod system, Nexus, Bethesda Net, that will remain the same. We'll still be able to, for example, when Correct, yeah. uh, Fallout Cascadia, we'll use that as an example, whenever that drops and it's on Nexus, like we can just download that big-ass mod for free. Awesome. Provided they stay that path. What we're getting at here, and according to a, th- uh, a response on Twitter from Pete Hines that came out today, is that uh, Bethesda is more along the lines of this is going to be DLC. You know, that Bethesda Game Studio is going to work alongside modders or external developers. It's just that, like... And they, updates won't break it. Yeah, they have to be fucking stupid to not expect the backlash they received. And to come out and say, here's the Dwemer Mud Crab, here's a Chinese stealth suit, here's the... Uh, what else do they have? The horse armor. Like, those types of things. And they're like, you can pay for them. And, and it's like, I get the system you're putting in place but what you showed me as an example of what i should be paying for these little fucking gimmicks especially ones i've had for free in the past like what what would have been ideal what would have been every fallout fans wet dream oh we have external developers a couple people from obsidian are stepping in to help us along with x y and z modders to make the next official fallout dlc through the creation club just an announcement alone like saying they're doing that would have probably excited a lot of people but i i like their system of game pitches because it's not like every mod is going to be slapping a, a price tag on it but in the scheme of things all the the good things are mere silver linings and assumptions on how bethesda handles them and you know if they're going to be for or against the consumer and based off past decisions i can't imagine it's going to just all of a sudden be for the consumer it's going to be turn out to be something miraculous that we're all going to love i just what well, do you know that. how it, we know it's not going to be for the consumer because you have to look at what gap they just filled and the gap they filled and this is something that especially if you run businesses you're always looking at like where's our gap where can we you know what what group can we sell to bethesda basically just created a business around something that was doing incredibly well without them and doing insanely well. Multiple websites that handle mods, multiple ways in which you can get information on mods for your PC, and now you can also get them into your consoles. And Bethesda said, we want to find a way to monetize this stuff. There is nothing there. There was no weakness there. If there was a weakness, let's say there was a modder who said, man, I wish I had this money because I would have been able to do this. Mm -hmm. And Pete Hines explained that to people, it would be a lot easier to swallow because then you would go, oh, I get it. The creator of what's that one huge mod uh, for Skyrim, Elsa, Elsa Weir or whatever. Elsewhere. 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 Um, Oh, I get it. Elsewhere. Of course. So anyway, I'm mispronouncing it right now. No, but that's probably right. Elsewhere, like a like a play on words. So you Mm -hmm. get you get that. If that guy said, hey, we want like you said, 
some musicians, some writers, and blah, blah, blah. And this will be the first official console DLC made through Creator Club, but it's going to be from this. And then that person could come out and say, hey, I want, always wanted to do this, but I didn't have the money. And and so we're going to – but they did none of that. All they did was fill a spot that technically did not need to be filled by throwing a gate in the center of a road that was already working fine. So it's like you're driving down the road and suddenly somebody sure. puts a gate up and you're like, what the fuck's the gate there for? Well, and then they try to explain to you why the gate's there, but in real life it's just a toll. Like that's – I'm not to be rude. That is what it is. Yeah. It's a toll. No, I agree. So uh, I mean here's the thing is they're like – this whole time when I was breaking it down in my video, this whole time in the in the article, the FAQ, they're like, oh, yeah, like we're we're working with our community. We hear you guys. We want to work with community members. And then they get to the question where they're like, is this paid mods? It's like, no. But we think that you guys and like at the end of that exact response to whether or not it's paid mods, they're like, it's not paid mods. They say we hear the demand for high constant high quality content and we want to work with our community to produce it. And I'm like, right there, you just said, yeah, paid mods. That's literally what you yeah. said, because this community member, it's a modder, creating content with you, you're paying for it. What else are you going to call it? It's like, they're just, yeah. um, let me grab a comment. Give me one sec on my video. I pinned it because it best describes the whole paid mod situations. Hold on. All right, let's see here. It is no officer. I'm not selling the, the comments by a, a guy named Jay Rent. He says, no officer. I'm not selling drugs. I'm selling Jay Rent bucks that people can exchange for drugs if they want to. Get what he's saying? Like, there, yep. Bethesda's like, it's not paid mods. You're not paying for mods. It's like you're buying credits to pay for the mods. Yeah, shark cards. Yeah, exactly. That type yeah. of shit. So I thought that was really well put. I think that that shines some light on exactly how Bethesda perceives it. Where if they just say no enough, no, it's not, it's not, it's not. And then, you know, the people who will naturally defend them will step in and be like, look at the facts. Bethesda's saying it's not, so it's clearly not. And I'm like, they're, yeah. if they did, it'd be fucking, it'd be a, a company suicide. It'd just they, they tank um, in, in their uh, perception of the gamers community. I just, it's, I knew that we heard rumors we talked about it before that they're going to, they were going to try again. You know, they, they, I think yeah. even when they announced paid mods were going away, they alluded to the fact that they were working on something else that they would did, have been yeah. based off community feedback and better. And people were like, no, just, just stay away. Just don't do it at all. I, I guess the, the first question that comes to mind for me is like, you have money. Clearly you have lots of fucking money as a company. You're expanding Bethesda game studios. What's so hard about saying, we get that with if we're working on new IP Starfield, that we're not going to be able to constantly support Elder Scrolls and Fallout because we're going to be spread too thin. So what's stopping them from creating teams of official developers who work on DLC for both those games? Yeah, right. You know, especially now we've heard Elder Scrolls Six not even started development, and so it won't be started for probably another. Oh, according to what Pete Hines said, it's got to be at least six years. So it's like, why don't you expand more? Why don't you hire more and try to officially, not through this paid mods program, essentially, uh, you know, create content for these games? It's like, 
I, I think it's because they're like, why not get someone else to do it for us? We'll just go over it, make sure it works fine with our game, and then fucking sell yeah. it, make some money off of it. It's genius in one way, right? You know, you, you look at it that way, um, because some modders are going to want to, and I understand why, and developers are going to want to step into this because they, they're going to get paid for it. Yeah. Test is like, yeah, we're, we'll pay them. So 10%. Is that really what the number is? I, I, that's what I think we were. Yeah, I'm pretty sure somebody on another podcast had said something like 10% is the, for the modder. That's I, could, I could be wrong on that, so I don't want people to get mad. Mm. But uh, that, that if was that is a true, number. We will say that is low. But, yeah, um, uh, whatever. Like, I, it's I, I, I. There's no way they can sell it to me as making sense right mm-hmm. now. So that's sort yeah. of my stance until they prove there's a reason why that's even happening. Yeah, it's, so it seems like a waste. Bethesda's conference will be remembered for that alone. I'd say thumbs down. Yeah, yep, thumbs down for that one. So we move on now to Ubisoft, which uh, I thought was was, in my opinion, surprisingly good. Yeah, yeah. that was uh, thumbs up. Ooh, hey. Would have, yeah, thumbs up for me as well. I mean, who would have thought that um, they'd come out with a, a Mario Rabbids game? Yeah, which, right. That looks cool. That oh, dude, looks cool. Mario Rabbids with fucking XCOM and like Mario jumping off people to go farther. It, mm-hmm. Like it, everything about that made me go, oh yeah. I wasn't a big fan when they pulled out guns. I was like, damn, there's there's some other goofs you could do. Well, it they, was said, they had, like, Luigi with his poltergeist vacuum. Yeah, so they as had, long as they keep it in that fiction. Yeah, I agree. Because um, what they – I admire the move, too, because uh, my friend Vinny made a really good point when we were watching this. He's like, you realize they could have done this without the rabbits entirely. Yeah, right. And, and the fact that they're collaborating and bringing the rabbits into it, and uh, it brings this – you know, I, I played one rabbits game growing up, I think um, – I don't remember which one it was, but all I know is like he was attached to a chain and you could like whip him around and attack mm-hmm. enemies with it. I don't know what the fuck it was. And maybe it wasn't even rabbits, but um, you know, they're not like a, as far as I know, a big, big popular name and like seeing how they interact with these uh, super Mario characters. It was awesome. And like you said, the XCOM gameplay, you know, taking cover, springing someone 20 tiles oh, dude, down, yeah. the, down the area I mean, it, it looks excellent. And what caught me off guard, I was like, I remember when I was watching the Ubisoft conference, I was like, please come out this year. Please come out this year. And like they said, August 29th, I remember I yelled in excitement because I was like, yes, that's so soon. I was yeah. really excited for that one. That was that was one of the best surprises, if not the best, in my opinion, for uh, for E3. I would have liked, um, I think Raymond would have also been a cool mm. uh, like mix with Mario because of the, the Raymond's platforming and stuff. But re- because Rabbids is, uh, like, I don't know much about them either. So it was a little bit of a, oh, okay. But um, it looks cool. Like, and one thing I've always had an issue with with games like XCOM is that sometimes they can get busy. Their, their HUDs can get busy. They can get a little confusing. Where am I going? Which way am I facing when I stop there? There was something very just sort of onomatopoeia. It's like, mm. I am what I am. Uh, this is going to be what it is. Like I, there was a very, there was a clarity there. Whenever a character was being moved, I was like, I get the moment the person hit a, and that character moved. I was like, I know exactly where they're going to be facing and what they're going to be doing. There was something very clear about their graphic design yeah. uh, in that demo. And that actually excited me. It was funny. Cause people were like, God, you're a nerd. But I was in our live discord and I was like, they're fucking hood rocks. Cause <laughs> when I, when I try to show somebody XCOM, they'll be all what? Mm-hmm. Like what the fuck? There's, and 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 I get it. 
to to people like us, it's not that confusing. But to a newcomer, mm-hmm. this is these are the type of games, and, and I it's just a smart wish move, more. It's a it's a Nintendo platform. You might get some younger fans picking it up. That's exactly what I was going to say. Is this is this is a smart move. The more of these we can see, where inter- introductions to genres people normally won't hit are being done intelligently and with with financial support, yeah. is though that's another hundred thousand games. Nintendo needs financial support from Ubisoft. <laughs> Ubisoft might though. Yeah, I was gonna say and maybe vice versa, but I don't know. Nintendo joined up with Microsoft to do crossplay, so Nintendo's changing. Like, I, I'm blown right. away. Good. This this E3, like each time Nintendo said something, I was like, really? That's that's fucking. Up. Yeah. But yeah, I, I love I, that. I, I I'm very excited for that game. Looking much forward to it. Uh, Ubisoft had Skull and Bones. I remember that one because that one I was like, I'm literally looking at Assassin's Creed Four without the fun exploration and sword play and that type yeah the fun fun. the fun yeah that game that game i like their their attempt at a new ip but that one was not doing it for me me neither and when they when you found out you auto resolve when you board they got ready to board and everybody in Discord was like dude they're gonna board this is gonna be awesome and they leap on and it's like win or or, you know winner or whatever and we're like Oh, yeah, fuck. exactly. I was the same way because my friends were like, "Yo, at least they, you know if it's a pirate game, they gotta have boarding," and and they, I'm like, "Oh, they're boarding right now," and then like, yeah, yeah. It just fades to black. I'm like, oh, "No, nothing." Yeah. Row, row, yeah. row. It's, it's like <laughs> yeah, they, uh, they're taking that Rainbow Six Siege template and they did it with For Honor. Right. Now they're gonna do it with ships. What's yeah. next? <laughs> so that one. Ugh. Um, what else was there? That was uh, Assassin's Creed Origins. What'd you think of that one? That was at so Microsoft's I'll, conference, but... Yeah, I'll always like Assassin's Creed games, like, always. Um, and I'll always be interested, because I like their world. But that was one of the few times where, even live, I was telling people, I'm like, man, if I was Ubisoft, I'd pull this game out of the limelight right now. Because their combat, the moment they started combat, shit fell apart. It was mm-hmm. fine when he was running around, because it's a new place, and people are looking, and your eyes are being drawn to these new things you haven't seen before. And this is a very unique time. So, and it's the start of the Brotherhood, good story, instead of showing any story. And remember, we talked about this a couple months ago. Ubisoft had stated very clearly they're going away from linear experiences. They're going away from stories. Even in their Assassin's Creed games, they made it very clear. And I would agree with them because there was no story in their entire... There there wasn't even like... I don't even know if we heard the guy barely talk. Yeah, he said in the beginning he was going to kill like something with an... Start with an M. And, and yeah, you know, so like he picked his target. That was basically it. It was like Ghost Recon Assassin Lands, you yeah. know. And to me, I'm it just and then when he started attacking people, dude, it, it oh, it just the combat did not look did not look very good at all. And it that's when I just turned what away. What stuck out to like, you that looked bad? Was it like it looked clunky or did yeah, you not like so the, the dodging? There was two parts. Well, yeah, three parts. You just added two to my complaint. The the major complaint I had was that the um, distance, range, all that kind of stuff was completely fucked up. So when you'd stab somebody with a spear, it didn't even look like it was going into him sometimes. Oh, yeah, all... the clipping. God almighty. Yeah, I, I thought, remember that. Yeah. Oh, my. And that, that, I'm I'm a big fighting fan, so I hate clipping. It's like my number, I always bitch about it. Skyrim and does it. So... Skyrim, yeah, so many games do. But then, just the animations, the way everything was weighted and looked, and like the bird would stop. If you use the bird, it wouldn't continue to fly like it does in Far Cry Primal. It would fly and then just freeze if you wanted to use it. And so he was like looking at enemies, and the bird I is hated, frozen up. I hated that they started looked, off the demo. It looked like that. a fucking drone. It looked like a you know yeah. somebody's you know nineteen ninety nine Amazon drone. I, I, so, oh god, you have no idea how much I hated that when I saw it. I was like, 
for all the reform you're doing, you still go back to the airborne tracking method yeah. that spots all your enemies for you, and then you just try to work the level and pick them out like, what happened to and, just using your eyes? <laughs> you know, And a- cool stuff Ashen like is going to... Yeah, exactly. And Ashen is going to do this thing that I'm going to mention next. And I, I think it might be one of the few games that's going to. But one of the things I don't like is when they say this guy is higher level. And so when you hit him, it'll barely do any damage. So great, but it doesn't make any sense in the game world. If I hit this guy with an arrow and in the face, in the fucking face, and he's got like one bar out of 10 goes away. But a normal level one guy I kill. That makes sense. I killed him. It's an arrow to your fucking head. Mm. So... In Ashen, what they're doing is, as you go level up, the bad guys don't get stronger. They do put on armor, which Assassin's Creed did try to hint that that will happen. But additionally, they will get different defenses, magic. They will actually become more powerful. See, we never see that. Look at it in almost any game you play. The enemies are rarely ever technically more powerful. They're usually, like, they can soak damage. They might have a different weapon. Well, that's great. You have a different weapon. But can you do something different? Can you... And there's few games where the technique is different. They do the same shit. I want bad guys in later levels that are doing fucking martial arts moves I've never seen before. Like, so I'm constantly... Exactly. The constant Uh, introduction of new enemies. And and some games do that, but I want it all together as one. And I think Assassin's Creed is actually the title that could have happened. Especially because they've went with the Injustice grind for loot, which I love. I love Injustice and I love the idea of loot. But the way it was all planned out, it made no sense. It was like, I sh- he shot the guy with a fucking arrow in the face. And the guy's like, tink. And he looks over and I'm like, oh, that's... Mm. You know, you're, there's I so agree. many other ways you could have got around that. So that's the kind of stuff that really bothered me, is just that the assassin part of Assassin's Creed. The Creed part I was fine with. <laughs> it's like, I wanted yeah. to hear the story and the, and the universe. Did you watch but... the, the gameplay demo uh, after the, the conference? Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, okay. No, I, no I, I was just making sure because I know they showed a lot of the open world exploration and they did. stuff mm-hmm. along those lines and that you could go underwater with your spear and engage in yeah. combat with a giant fucking walrus or something. Terrible looking. Terrible. Like, he what he the spun fuck? in a 360 with a spear underwater. Like that, and, and like that's the a thing. fast 360. It wasn't like a, oh, I'm it underwater. Was. He like it, just ripped dude, over like a goddamn... There were people- Oh yeah, it was it was like a fucking top. It was yeah. like a, a top on somebody's table. He was just like, <laughs> and we were all. He just killed that hippopotamus with a fucking like a hippopotamus like with a three sixty spin attack. What the fuck's going on? And the boat, that's the best thing. Everybody's teased me because when that boat, he gets on the boat, and this boat is going about eighty miles an hour, and it's yeah. all supposed to be wind speed. And I just start laughing, and no one can tell why I'm laughing because I can't get it out because I'm laughing so hard in the Discord. <laughs> I'm like. What are you laughing about? And I'm like, I'm sorry, man. But it's look at the boat. And then I mention it, and everybody's like, oh, my God, you're right. That boat. Dude, did you see that? It was like he gets a race in that car. Boat. It's, like, it's like the crew, too, you know, in <laughs> Assassin's Creed. It was crazy. So, uh, And I sound like I'm dissing on it. I am because I think it looked like shit. But that doesn't mean nothing. If it comes out and it's awesome, I'll fucking mm. tell people to buy it. You know, it's just it didn't show well to me. Yeah. No, I, 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 the most awkward <laughs> moment was when they were like, you were really excited to see Assassin's Creed Origins. Check it out. And I'm like, oh, man, here we go. And it's like a side view of a dark <laughs> computer screen. I'm like, who the Drop fuck screen. pitched yeah. that idea and said we can I'm sell a you. game this way? I'm telling you, it's low effort, baby. Holy low. shit. That was yeah. something fucking bad. Yeah. He's like, you're going to see. I remember the guy came out with a sales pitch like you're going to see an open, beautiful world. 
Like, he just boasted about the graphics mostly, and it was like they were trying to meme us how beautiful it looked, and then here's a fucking off-camera computer shot. It was terrible. It looks like an E3 leak. (laughs) Yeah, it did. They were like, here's what you guys were expecting the whole time, right? Because, you know, we fucking had so many, like, the Game Informer leaked for this game and stuff. Uh, What about the crew, too? That uh, excite Uh, you? Fucking Yes. Yeah, the crew, originally when it got released, I rated it as a never touch. It was terrible. And then they upgraded it, and it changed its graphics, improved it. And I really sort of liked the crew originally. But I'm a big fan of, like, the idea, it feels like they took all of these fun activities from their open world games. Like, oh, we're going to take the boats from fucking Watchdogs and blah, blah, blah. We're going to throw them all together, and you're just going to be able to drive them and fly them around. Oh, you can see the, yeah, they they clearly copy and paste that's me and stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's me. I, uh, I, I will love that. You can see this was like what Steep did. Oh, Steep, you can air glide. You can use yeah. skis. You can snowboard. In this game, it's like, oh, you can drive. You can fly. You can use a boat. And they were flying in the fucking uh, uh, city. Mm-hmm. And they were, and that was in, in real gameplay. They were flying in between buildings. I'm like, that shit's fun. That would just be yeah. fun. It, like, I don't know if it would look the best or play the best, whatever. It just actually looked fun to me. And that's, that's what I, I kind of sighed when I saw it because I'm like... Like, how do you make a? How do you get a sequel greenlit for this game when the first one just did so poorly? And yeah. um, you know, even if oh. the re- even if the rebound was good, uh, and and you just might have mentioned the reason their rebound from what they told me the the rebound when they did the upgrade on graphics was the largest they've ever seen in like the history of their company oh. in sales in sales when they when they did the graphical upgrade. Which I got to tell you, I was impressed. Like it's one of the few times where I've sat back and looked at the game and been like. Motherfucker, this looks like a Genesis game just turned into like an Xbox 360 game. I mean, it was a huge leap in graphics. Um, so I think you're right. I think their I think their rebound was big enough, and they they were like, "There's something there. We just have to not fail the first time." Okay. On this one. Okay. We'll yeah, see. Fair enough. Yeah. What else was there? Uh, Beyond Good and Evil Two, which is uh, oh man, it, it was exciting when we first saw it, and as time has gone on. This game's kind of losing its steam real quick. Um, they said it's at zero development. Zero day, yeah. Yeah, uh, they said um, it's a prequel. Yeah. What? Didn't the first one end on a cliffhanger? Yeah. yeah. Why do that? And and, and meme it beyond good and evil too. <laughs> I didn't think about that part. That would have been awesome if they were beyond this is good like and evil. What Rockstar zero, is doing with Red Dead Redemption Two? It's clearly going to be a story before the first Red Dead game. So why is it two? Yeah. It's, like, it's like, what the fuck? The zero day thing depressed me because um, Ubisoft isn't in the best position financially with the Vivendi takeover. And there is nothing that is indicating that this isn't an agent situation or a last guardian situation. We're talking four years minimum if it ever comes out. So while I'm excited for it, I just immediately distanced myself when I read the same thing you did about the zero day. I'm like, oh, shit. That's that changes everything because uh, scale bound <laughs> from now on. If anybody yeah. says anything, you can just be all scale bound moving on. Yeah. Uh, you know, games can be cut. And so I I hope it comes. But it's it's got enough weirdness. Prelude still being called, you know, that being many years out. Vivendi. I'm just I just don't even want to get factors that it's got to climb. Yeah, a ton of them, a yeah. ton of them. So what would you give uh, Ubisoft's conference? Oh, thumbs up for sure. Yeah. yeah. Thumbs yeah. up. Yeah. Uh, I, I got to ask you a question. I'm not bothered by it, uh, n- n- and I did miss their inclusion. Does Aisha Taylor not being there 
was that that was that a positive for you? She's their normal. She's yeah. the. I I noticed that right center. off the bat. Um, you, I liked her. How, how's I'm, how I'm gonna word it is? I liked her when she was on it, but I didn't realize how much of a kind of distraction she almost is. Okay, gotcha. When she isn't there, because then. After that, it felt like they were focusing down on the games. They still had that kind of goofy comedy with the Just Dance thing with fucking uh, uh, Miyamoto and, and uh, uh, Vis coming out there and fucking yeah. shooting the, the was, cannon and stuff. That uh, was a odd. <laughs> Did you see uh, what Miyamoto said in an interview? He uh, <laughs> Someone asked him like if uh, you could like do something with Yoshi in one of his games. I think because like, in Super Mario Odyssey, you can use the hat to take over people and, like, pick up stuff, something along those lines. And, like, uh-huh. I think someone asked, could you put the hat on Yoshi and then, like, carry a dinosaur? And, like, his exact quote in the interview was, like, that would be too much stress on his back. Please don't do that. And, like, he sounded genuinely concerned. He sounded genuine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think – I don't think that's the first time where people have wondered. Like, he is very um, – the rumor is, you know, super childlike. Like, mm. really? so – yeah, very innocent, very childlike. So uh, I say, I say, don't tell him about hurting people's backs and and just hope he <laughs> makes some good games. Yeah, I was. Um, I, it's it's funny about the Aisha Taylor thing. I, I would agree with you, and I and I wasn't going to agree with you until you said what you said. But I I would actually agree that yeah, when I have no problem with her being there at all. I have no problem with any presenter, even if they're just a dork. Like whatever, it's a fucking. That's the thing. Like people don't but. realize how loose and like goofy the industry we're in is. And, and, like that, that's what I said because okay, Kotaku promoted a video this guy made about like a, a E3 2017 cringe compilation, and like most of these people are are like cracking a dick joke, like saying something about penetration or like self deprecating humor on the stage, like stuff that humans do. And I'm like, yeah. this isn't cringy. This is normal behavior. Like, what do people interpret that as? Like, yeah, there were some moments where it was like, like, like the, I guess you could say, I hate the word cringe now, but like, I guess you could say a cringe moment was like when the, when Need for Speed was getting introduced during EA's conference and like the teleprompter was fucking up for that one YouTuber. Yeah. And like, he just didn't know what to say. I was just like, oh man, like poor guy. But, um, yeah, you know, that I just went off on a tangent there. No, that's okay. I mean, it makes... Uh, to me, it makes perfect sense. It makes perfect sense that people find those things funny or whatever because they are because we we laugh at, at humans and stuff. But what yeah. happens is it become it becomes the focus and it becomes serious. People are like, "Oh my god!" and they get up in arms. When in real life, sometimes you are just being self-deprecating, or sometimes you did just drop a stupid joke, and that kind of stuff happens. And yeah, every and you go, every and you just go like, "Oh no, not funny," huh? like that. Like, you know, it's... yeah, and you just move on because it's yeah. life, and um, they, people get too wrapped up in it and and not in what's actually being shown or whatever. That I saw, I've seen those videos. I mean, <clears throat> I, I don't want to say too much, but like, it, it is nice because I talked to some publishers this weekend. And I, I talked to somebody who's in the in- industry. And I asked uh, one of the podcasters had a question for this person. They were like, you know, how does a person who's handling a game's PR decide who to give the game to? That was pretty much the gist of the question. And it sort of got off the rails a little bit because he started talking about stuff that you just mentioned, like the negativity, you know, Mm -hmm. like here's a cringe and how most PR people actually look at those and go, yeah, no, thank you. And move over because they're just like that. Even if it's funny. 
they'll just be like, mm-hmm. we need to go to somebody who actually is positive, likes games, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's just sort of interesting that it's popular in one hand, but it's actually unpopular by a lot of like the people in the companies. But then yeah. they also hire presenters. It's 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 that's what it, it is loosey goosey. It's completely Ugh. out there. You never quite know exactly who's going to do what when. It's just really weird. After that, we had the next day uh, Sony's conference at nine yeah. at night. What would you give that one? Well, here's what's funny. Nine, once it got over, one of the guys said, "Oh, now I now I understand why it was nine at night." Which I thought was mean. That's that what was everyone one said about Bethesda's because for me it was midnight. I was like, oh, really? Yeah. That's what yeah, a lot of like, people said. Everyone about was like, it. yeah, now we know why it was so late. Um, I, I would give it a thumbs up, but I will say that it's tentative, that it's not like a middle thumb. And the reason why only is because they did show a lot of repeated stuff, a lot of like stuff we had already seen. I, I'm, I'm stoked for Horizon Zero Dawn's DLC, mm-hmm. but there was a lot of DLC, a lot of expansion stuff. Um, and Lost there was... see that's kind of yeah. like a standalone yeah. but also expansion i think it's only 40 bucks so there was a very uncomfortable ending moment where a lot of people thought they also had something else to show and didn't show it so which is possible that they were going to show a price drop there was some rumors that they were going to show a price drop and didn't but at the end the guy comes out and he's like just talking he's like well let me show you something else and then i don't even remember what it was they didn't have any big bombs at all um shout of the colossus is great I'm interested in a remake, but the original PS2 couldn't do the graphics like they wanted, so there's a lot of fog, and I think that fog adds mystery. And from what I've been seeing, that's not in the remake, and I hope they put it in as an effect, because I mm-hmm. think that that's one of the things that made Shadow of the Colossus so cool. That was a very interesting remake announcement. I never really expected that one. I thought that was like one of those oh. PS2 games they kind of leave untouched, because that's really mm-hmm. hard to replicate. And so. you heard him. I don't know if you heard. The creator himself doesn't want to replicate it. I he's wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, yeah there, he's he's a belief, uh, or at least a while ago was under the belief that like no, no one should touch it. It's 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 what it is for its time. Mm-hmm. Like move on, make a make a sequel or whatever. But you can't because he killed a oh nothing. I don't want to ruin it for anybody. <laughs> but <laughs> um, yeah, so I would say middle. I mean, thumbs up, but sort of a middle thumb there, just because it felt like a lot of repeated content. I give it a side thumb. I uh, I wasn't really. That's what we'll call it. Side thumb. Sorry. <clears throat> yeah. I, I, I'll give it. Yeah. The side thumb because I there really wasn't much that uh, I was particularly big on out and personally. And we'll, we'll get into this discussion probably towards the end of our PS discussion. But outside of Spider Man, like I can't think of any game out there conference that was like, wow. Um, right. I know some people were like, yeah, God of War. Like I'm big on God of War. I really like the traditional God of War 1, 2, and 3. I like that they're going for more of an endearing family story with this one. But when I was looking at the gameplay, uh, I'm try- I've been trying really hard to put my finger on what it is about it that I don't like. And, I mean, I like the heavy grittiness of it, but I don't see how that makes you feel like a god per se, were in God of War 1, 2, and 3. Like, you felt like a god. You're summoning all these different powers, smashing, like, 20 foes coming at you. Felt like a god. You know, not that they dial down the gore factor. I mean, you see someone get split in half with an axe. But it just, it, it almost felt like I was squaring up for a fight in For Honor sometimes when I was looking at the gameplay where, you know, he had the axe and he was just circling this big beast and he was circling him. I don't know. I, I'd like to get your take on it. Maybe it'll bring me some clarity on how exactly I feel about the game um no i would i mean that's 
That sums it up for me, too. I Talking to developers, you always hear that if you change a camera angle, you have to make sure people are skilled in that new camera angle. And if they're not, you have to hire them because animation's different. What you want to show is different. You know, if you have the ability to show legs, then you can show a cat-like stance by somebody bending their legs, and you don't need to do as much in the upper body. But if it's a Tomb Raider, you know, the new God of War, if you want it to do that. And remembering that God of War, if you go back and look, he's very way down to the ground and he's like always action stance you know he's always like ready to do something that isn't portrayed in fact uh one of the persons <laughs> we were talking about I, I i was joking around going it looks like old man kratos is wearing a fucking back support the entire time it's like this it's very stiff and uh i think that there's some issues with the animation just in general that the hits did not look good uh, overall animation in that just did not look good at all there were some issues also with size of things looking off um, it's earlier than I thought it was going to be looking that rough because it looks rough as fuck. It was the OG. It was the OG PS4 as well. There was and there was a ton of questions on why that was done. It wasn't on yeah, the Pro. There was a, yeah, and so you had bad texturing. You had poor geometry. There were some issues graphically everywhere. I I think they can do well because we've seen games do well. But your For Honor hit it perfectly. And I didn't even, I, I barely played For Honor, but the moment you said you felt like somebody, you know, standing off from somebody else in For Honor, that is exactly how I would describe it from now on. That is exactly what it, what it looks like. Yeah, I mean, that, that's just that the best comparison, me. because when now that you mentioned camera angle, I think it lines up a little bit more, because it was kind of that, like, half-body camera angle, and, right. like, when you lock on it, it zooms in. I think that helps me narrow down a little bit of what I didn't like about it, because, I remember now initially watching it about it. I was like, something's kind of like this camera's off because I like that pulled out kind of overhead. You're seeing all the action. Sure. I, I think even in this game, especially how fucking big Kratos is, it could work. Um, I think that's part of the problem. Uh, I also don't like to an extent. This is going to sound like a nitpick. Kind of is uh, how fucking big Kratos is. I know he's a god. But one thing that was really cool about all the other God of War games is that in the scheme of things, Kratos wasn't this fucking giant. But right. you take on giants and you'd brutalize them saying like, yeah, I'm smaller, but I'm a god. In this game, right. you kind of look, you have the look of a god. So yeah. therefore, you're acting like one. It's just, it's a like I said, it's a minor thing. But, you know, it's just another thing that I'm not really trying to sound like I'm holding on to the traditionals too much. Because it's not like I'm a diehard God of War fan. Um, in fact, really, the only God of War game I'm pretty big on is God of War 3. I, I like God of War 2, I like God of War 1, but 3 is, like, the one I'm, I'm like, that was amazing. Um, but, yeah, it's not like I'm really stuck in the past. Just I think that vision was much better, and, and taking that, evolving it a little bit, and trying to push it forward in a new God of War would make sense. Um, but they're really drastically changing it, and I, I'm very conflicted on the game. Well, you were talking about a game earlier saying it felt like they were trying to make something popular. And I don't remember which game you said that. But it, it does feel like God of War is realized how Tomb Raider is popular, Uncharted's popular. So it's like, let's do the Uncharted oh, version Anthem. of God of War. I was talking about Anthem. Anthem, yeah, yeah. And um, let's do the Uncharted version of, of, of God of War. And we'll see. You know, like uh, any game at E3 you see, you never know what's going to show up at your fucking door when you buy it, which is awesome because I'm, I'm stoked to play it regardless because even if it's bad, it then you have a ton of interest in the discussion of how did this not work out so well, like Andromeda. You know, th there's a lot of really in cool, engaging discussion around what fucking happened. And if even if somebody likes it and you didn't, 
And the same thing's going to happen here. If it's amazing, we're all going to be able to talk about a company that took a game that was in a completely different format, right? And turned it into a different camera and made it successful. And if it's not successful, then we can talk about why it wasn't successful. And another company can look and go, I want to do this, but I'm not going to make those mistakes. So to me, it's, yeah. I, I love Experimentation's it. Experimentation's always good. Yeah. It is. It's always that. good. It's yeah. just that I feel and like I don't what think I'm seeing, I'm not, I'm not really too particularly sold on it. It um, looks experimentative right now, or yeah, like an yeah. experiment right I now. I mean, one you know? thing I will say I'm, is that um, if they tell a story similar to the style of God of War 1, 2, and 3, where they were like, what can we do to really piss Kratos the fuck off? Especially with this whole family thing that's going on in, in the God of War reboot. I mean, I could, I could see, yeah, like I could see some, some potential in like kill the kid or John Wick. Yeah. You know, really just like build Kratos into that rage induced guy. We know him as cause like in each trailer, we're like, he's calming, he's loving, he's affectionate. It's like what sets him off. That's the kind of exciting premise. I'll admit that, uh, you know, there, there could be a big transformation that they're obviously hiding from us for sure. And I, I'd imagine, yeah, like I'd imagine they are that at some point in the story, something's going to happen where he's going to do that typical like Whoa! scream and just fuck shit up. I, or I, not. I, yeah, and he's yeah, a say, or or they can just fuck it up and not do it. Um, air bear stare. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else in the, the PS conference? Uh, uh, Monster Hunter World. You know, what did... all systems, by the way, I don't know what they did. The same thing Microsoft did pretended it was an exclusive. What? Yeah, it's not kidding me. I actually had no idea. I thought that was a PS exclusive. I'm like, damn, I remember Monster Hunter Freedom on the PSP. No, the very next day they or no, the very I I think it was within the same hour. Somebody came on Twitter officially and said that's on just that game in general. uh, What'd you think? One of the weirdest gameplay reveals I've ever seen. (laughs) This dude (laughs) puts on like some leaves and a fucking dinosaur walks by him. I was I was so puzzled. Yeah, so was I. Uh, I couldn't really, like, I knew it was Monster Hunter, and I forgot Monster Hunter had been on PlayStation before him, because I'm I'm so used to seeing it on the DS and stuff, I'm like, no, it's not Monster Hunter. And then it was, and I'm like, wait, so what I was just looking at back there, the fuck? I mean, it seems to have that weird quirkiness that Monster Hunter games always have, like that, like the fucking spinning the meat in the middle of nowhere. Um, But that's a game, uh, it's a game that's hard to demo. So I'm not judging it too hard because I know I, I feel like Monster Hunter games like y- you whack away at the same body. <laughs> God, this could be taken the wrong way. You whack away at the same body part for a while. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that might not be the most compelling game demo. So I guess they tried to sell it in a really quirky fashion. I don't know if it's going to be like open world or something like that, if that's why they're calling it Monster Hunter World. I know they have like I know it's mission based. Just I don't know if it's like a uh, almost like a token in two where you got this hub. And then you can go oh, out right. into an open world, and like the open world can be segmented off into the little sectioned uh, areas for the mission itself. I don't know if that's the the path they're taking with it or not. Yeah, I don't know either. I don't know either. I, I mean, to me, it it uh, I'll play it, but mm-hmm. what they showed, like you said, I don't think was a good way of displaying. Which I, I I mean, in all honesty, I think at the end of this video, whoever's here still with us is probably going to come to the conclusion that that's how we feel the entire event went. Which is that there were some really odd choices, and I feel like what they showed of that game in the game was odd, and it didn't really capture. People were more happy that it was Monster Hunter than they were excited about what they saw because I think a lot of people were puzzled. They were like, "Yeah, what the fuck exactly." Is That's happening? a good point. Yeah, it, it, it was the name, not the game. Right. Damn. 
Horizon Zero Dawn's de- uh, uh, DLC. Yeah, Winter was... Winter Winterland or Winter, Winter what, Wonderland. I... <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get it, of course. Yeah, like, dude, if they Horizon. said Neo had or Neo or Near had DLC, I'd be the same way. Yeah, same. Super. Yeah, because uh, once I saw that, I was like, all right, I already know I'm picking that up. That's coming out this year, right? All right, yeah, cool. Yeah, I'll definitely be in on that. I wonder what they're going to do. you have any ideas? Do you think they're going to continue the story? Because one ended, it wrapped up the story without spoiling anything, but there was a bit of yeah. a cliffhanger after the credits. you think they continue off with that, or are we thinking this is an independent story? I think it's probably, I think, I think it's probably one where if you have a save game prior to the finale, it's, it's just added onto the side. Mm-hmm. That's what it feels like to me because at the end would be a little odd, possible, but there's just some questions on how they would pull it off. But you know what? They could pull it off. I mean, there, there's ways. So yeah, uh, it just feels to me like it'd be more of a, oh, um, this unlocks new content like Shivering Isles for yeah. For see, your I'd rather them do that because then it almost it almost feels like if it's the continuation of that story, it almost feels like you're paying for the actual ending, right? So it's like just. Make it side content. Give us the sequel oh, I see in a what couple of years. I see what you're saying. Yeah. I see what you're saying. You're saying that if you buy, if you're buying this, and it's after the ending of one, it could feel like you were buying the ending of. Well, because here's the thing: is like I don't want to spoil it because the game's still pretty fresh. But like when Horizon Zero Dawn ends, yeah. that story is concluded. But something happens after the credits that indicates more to come. There is something brewing. And I can so, see that, and so. You know, and it's they're obviously saying like, yeah, we're going to do another Horizon game, and I, I don't blame them. I'm sure middle of development, they're like, this is fucking amazing. We got to do this again. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, I, I feel like that's what they did. But I just wonder if this expansion, this, you know, will it continue from where that little teaser left off, or like you said, will it be a side story? I'm hoping I think it's it a make, side story, but yeah, if it's a continuation, then I feel like some fans will be like, we're kind of paying for. I can see that what the ending could have been, but. I'm hyped either uh, way. There was Days Gone. That looks excellent. You think so, huh? I do. I I, oh. I love The Last of Us, though. So okay. I, I feel that might have played into it. I really like the part where he dragged... And this could have been some, some demo scripting. I get the feeling it's not as easy to pull off in-game. But you get these all these zombies chasing after you. You know, you, you close the door... You put a, a little charge on it. You blow it up. The, the zombies come in, clear the area for you. Uh, that was really oh, cool. Oh, right. You yeah, know, I saw, I saw that, yeah. a lot of what stuck out to me, the word I'd use to describe that demo, what they showcased was dynamic. A lot of things kind of cause and effect stuff. I feel like the script of things were like you driving along the road on your motorcycle and you get clotheslined by a, a fucking yeah. rope. And then you get up and you beat the shit out of this guy, like specifically into this fucking tree and like you do something with it where you wrap his neck around the tree and strangle him yeah that looks scripted um but there were some moments in it throughout that i was like okay like i see what they're getting at here and um yeah like i definitely saw what to me looks like open world the last of us with uh you know some really heavy world is fucked themes and uh i i was sold on it personally the the first demo we saw in 2015 i was like okay you know, I, I like what I saw there. I mean, there were lots of zombies on screen and shit. Um, and with this upcoming demo, or what the demo we saw, rather, here at uh, E3 2017, uh, that, that's kind of what sold me on being interested. And so I'm sure next year we'll see again, and then it'll, it'll probably come out fall 2018. I wouldn't be surprised. 
Yeah, now, you, I don't know what to think little, of that one. I was going to say, you seemed a little like, oh, really? So what? Well, it's like the Uncharted, Horizon Zero Dawn, Last of Us, Days Gone. Like, they, are, they all sort of mended into one another in that conference. And I was having a hard time remembering which game I was looking at. They all have a very, there's a very similar look in some of those games, uh, including Xbox. If Xbox was going to show you a couple, a Tomb Raider, whatever. Um, they, there's yeah. a certain look and feel to them. And I guess I just didn't feel that anything in that game seemed surprising. And when you said the, the horde mentality, the dynamic, you know, those, those bad guys coming and killing that group, I, I definitely would say that was the highlight. Mm-hmm. Um, I would definitely say that was the highlight, but it also felt so staged yeah, that right. it I could agree. be, it could also be one of those things that just happens all the time. And then you have like, it's, it's, and it, and then if that happens all the time, then the NPCs in the game world that are human don't matter, and you're just the most evil motherfucker in the universe because you're just killing other humans. So there was, and, and I'm looking too much into it because I'm a reviewer, and I was like looking specifically at it and trying to figure out some stuff, and then I was like, wait, what? What if they? Which is all for for not until it comes out. Mm-hmm. Um, graphically, you know, graphically it looked eh. it looked really good. So oh, really? it just I I don't think it looked like Horizon. Okay. Um, but it looked good, and uh, it didn't look, um, yeah, it didn't look anywhere near Horizon. Um, yeah. Or it, I would say it was Uncharted level in some areas. It was hard to tell, though, too, because like you said, he's on his motorbike one second, he's doing the, you know, it'll, it, it'll be more about, like, what it looks like playing it, walking through the land, which yeah. really excites me. I love doing that stuff. In games, yeah, so, so we've, we, one trend we've picked up on with these, uh, these games is it's almost like we look at Ubisoft, now we look at Sony, We've noticed a trend almost, and I think we can actually apply Bethesda to this. Bethesda does a lot of first person, all their games: Prey, Dishonored, uh, Wolfenstein, mm-hmm. Fallout Four. You know, first person, first person, first person. Uh, Ubisoft. You see a lot of like mini games from other games becoming full games. You see the right. template copy and pasting. We're seeing that with Sony, kind of. We're, we're seeing yeah. some in Uncharted, some Last of Us inspiration. You know, I, I can't help but feel a little put off by that. Now that you mention it. You know that uh, that template copying it, it removes almost some of the originality from an idea that could be good because you're. It's good to take direct, it's not direct. It's good to take inspiration from a project. You know what motivates you, what fuels you. But I feel that should be put that effort should be put into create something truly original, not something that like oh I've kind of seen this before. So like yeah, it's it's really cool. I'm also worried that I'm worried that too many companies see those successes and jump at them. I think Microsoft would be doing the same thing if um, Quantum Break had been successful, mm-hmm. and Remedy probably be still be working with them on Quantum Break Two, whatever. But but um, it wasn't as successful as they wanted. I think that racing games are that way now. It's like Forza Horizon. You know, it's like oh, we're gonna have open city racing games. There is a template, and I'm I guess I'm okay with the template. But there's a feel sometimes, and maybe it's because they're always human, and we need an alien, so it feels momentum wise different but it's so strange that almost every game i play i can tell how far my character will walk because of the past games i played how far his step will be because they're all the same mm-hmm. they're all the same genero generic man and that's why i think a lot of people liked horizon zero dawn because it was a female so there were some differences there um but do you know what i would like i i would love a game where you're the fu- like i don't know how they would do it but where you're the alien and not the human where you're like to change up the physicality because the physicality is always the same. You and I may be a couple inches different size, but the world is built for us and there's a variability there that's built for us. I want a game where the shit doesn't fucking fit like where I'm like, I can't get in that door. 
the you know the bad guys are in there and I, I want to get in the door but I can't get to them because it's a human door not a fucking alien door uh, mm. I want to see that kind of stuff in somebody's game like this to where there's a, a true feeling of difference um, and there hasn't been any I don't I, I think there's a couple games where you're an alien but they're always human sized or exactly human sized kind of thinking near in a way just slightly near automata it's I'm trying to think of well, Dragon's like, I'm, thinking, Dogma I'm thinking of like, oh, like you can't get into this chest. You got to be 9S. Like very minor example. Except I, I, I'm talking about graphically yeah, yeah, displaying. Okay, yeah, no, I know. Yeah. I get what you're saying. I'm just thinking yeah. like gameplay wise. Like that's the only, I get what you're saying. That's a good point. And it's probably too much to ask, but I would, I, I you know, we're always killing somebody from a different nation in Call of Duties, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody who doesn't believe in the same God, whatever. So I don't see that there's a problem having you play an alien and humans have t- taken over your planet like the reverse of fucking Avatar. Or yeah. not the reverse, that's a, how it actually was. And and have you able to have all of these different things in your world against us or come to Earth against us? I just want to see something different. And when Days Gone By, when he started walking, or Days Gone, Days Gone By, Days Gone. Days uh, Gone, Days Gone. When he walked forward, I saw the uncharted, like, it just... The walking animation. Yeah, it just, like, every game has the same cadence. Batman, even. You know, it's like, and there's something very familiar. And uh, there was a very cool video one of my uh, subscribers did where he took Batman, Assassin's Creed, and he took, like, ten games and just faded between each one as they took a step. And it it was, I mean, it it does make you go, oh, shit. Mm -hmm. Like, they are, the movement needs to change. Um, I'm not saying for every game. I just want one game like that. I think it'd yeah, be great. I, mean, I get what you mean. Like the first person animation when you're walking around with the gun in Fallout 4, almost identical to, um, what's it called? Wolfenstein 1. Yeah, exactly. Just, Stuff like that. And they, I, I mean, they came out it. and were like, yeah, yeah, machine games helped us with the gunplay. I'm like, helped you? Or like you kind of Or just, wrote it in. Yeah. <laughs> Goated it. Say, yeah. Because it was that, identical. That, I think with Sony, um, it's certainly nothing against them. It's it's just, it, every company does it, so yeah, it's, no, that's it, just me personally wanting a change. It, it makes you uh, one thing about this E3. I got to say, it's, it's kind of been uh, one I've reflected on. It, it's I want, it's not Open, like eye drastic, opener. Yeah, it's not been any drastic changes in my game taste. Because um, and this is going to sound really off the cuff, but like I started playing like D and D this week, and like we we were like role playing and shit, and like it was not like super into your role playing, but like it was a really good time. And, like, with that, with how E3 was going, seeing these templates, I realized how much I really want just, like, some type of fresh experience. Yeah. And so it, it's kind of, nar- like, really narrowed it down where um, I don't see myself giving certain games as much time as I have before. Um, yeah. and, you know, I, and so, I, in a way, I'm kind of happy as E3 wasn't, like, a blow-your-pants-off kind of amazement because I think it was, it was a, definitely a, a good breath of fresh air in the terms of perspective. Um, let's talk about... I think we covered most of the big titles. Let's talk about uh, Spider-Man PS4. I want to get your your take on it because I'm sure everyone knows I'm gonna I'm gonna little do a little fanboying. So I think it would be more interesting if we got your take and I, I kind of responded to that. I, I just think that prior to them showing the actual gameplay, I was really excited. Okay. And then and and very excited. But what they showed to me, at least, and again, this you know, if I play it and it's awesome, it's awesome. Oh yeah, go for but, it. But he jumped off some wood and landed between some people. And when he started fighting, my brain was like, oh, my God, this is not what I was hoping for. It it just felt far too like a template, I guess, like mm-hmm. a Batman, but now with Spider-Man. And yeah. 
when you and I have talked in the past about what superhero would we want, and I, I would say something like Green Arrow because Batman has worked, it doesn't mean I want him to fucking replace all the grapple guns with arrows, grapple arrows. Like, that would be ridiculous. That's a, that's a mod. That's not a game. Mm-hmm. And, and only those sections was I very disappointed. When he started, when he started swinging, I was somewhat, uh, I got somewhat more excited, but it looked really janky. There were times where like there was weird things going on and it looked like he was going to hit something and then sort of like there was a soft envelope around some buildings. It's hard to tell exactly what's what's occurring there. I was much happier there, though. It's just that uh, sp- specifically that battle. He he comes down and, and lands on the cement. And they're on that building that's in, under construction and there's people there. And the couple things he did, I was just like it just that moment didn't grab me at all. Okay. Um, but that doesn't mean anything. That was such a small moment that it's What hard about to the know. quick time events? What's your take on I, that? I don't like them in those games anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm done with those. Uh, I would like to see them gone from Assassin's Creed, Batman, you know, any of the Q to Perry, Mad Max, those, I, I would like to see those gone. Okay. I would like to, or how about this, Matt? You know, what would be cool is instead of just one, maybe there was two or three choices of what you could do. Like, it's always a Perry, you know? Mm-hmm. It's always like hit Y. I mean, fuck, I, I can't tell you how many times I've beat every battle in Batman by just spamming Y and moving around out of the guys that I can't spam Y from. <laughs> yeah. um, so I would have liked, I mean, those QTEs are fine, but I, it's weird to slow down the one superhero that's known for his speed. It's a very odd design decision to say, let's put QTEs in our fucking Spider-Man game. It's like, hey, Flash, let's have a QTE. You'd sit back and go the fuck would we put a QTE in this game for? Yeah, so I get what you're saying. I mean, <clears throat> the only only thing I can say, it's really not in defense of the QTEs, but I almost, I, I wouldn't say that the solution is a QTE, but I'd almost find it a little weird if in that big cinematic moment where this, you know, skyscraper is coming one? down, is that you didn't have control, so to say. Yeah. Um, I, right. I don't know how I'd feel about that, because sometimes a QTE prompt is left out and you will consistently fail that event. I can't think of a game that comes to mind immediately. I know what you mean. Yeah. And so sometimes you need that prompt because you just like, it'll ruin the moment itself if you don't have that prompt. And I think that's kind of what they're torn with. Apparently it's not like a really, I think they're saying this to save face. I'll say this much. I Apparently it's not a common thing. And uh, in response to the feedback at E3, I think they're going to dial it back, especially because a lot of people are like giving overwhelming. This looks amazing, but uh, like that, those QTEs need to stop. And I think like they'll just take that feedback and run with it because um, I think if they feel, oh, we only need to adjust that. All right, we're good. Um, my take is that I'll start off with the combat in response to what you said. I agree. Yeah, kind of kind of template looky, but what I liked was that what we've seen in, like, Beanox and really any superhero game that has copied uh, Batman is mm-hmm. that they always lack gadgets. And what we saw prior to the battle with Spider-Man was usage of a creative gadget. And this is a part of Peter Parker in, in any fucking game. Always exploring the movies, but never in the game. He invents stuff. He creates his own gadgets. And right. he's never yeah. explored in a game for some unknown reason... And finally, we're seeing it. We see him stick a web thing, like a web trip mine, to this destructible environment, this cage. And it guy walks by, web pops out, yanks him, pulls him in. He's gone. So we don't see this in combat, but I imagine it's going to appear in combat. So I'm running off an assumption here. Um, 
this is going to be almost like contradictive to what I said earlier. It's hard to imagine, probably just because it's such a staple now, superhero games without, unless we're talking Green Arrow, because then I have some cool ideas for that, but it's hard to imagine superhero games without that kind of free flow combat. What mm-hmm. I did like, though, and it was one thing I, I paid a special attention to, was that enemies weren't trying to do what they did in Batman, where they all circled you. They're like, all right, it's this guy's turn to attack. Now it's my right. turn. Like, in real life, they're all going to fucking jump you at once and try to kick the shit out of you. So you'd see some guy loading his gun to shoot you while some guy's stepping in to punch you, and you'd have to, like, vault over him. Then he dove rolled to get out of the way of the bullets. So that was one thing that stuck out to me. I was like, all right, like, this game's going to at least not have that, like, it's his turn, now it's his turn. And, right. like try to make you feel badass that way they're gonna make you pay attention and that type of stuff um so yeah like i don't think the combat's anything to really go nuts about i wasn't too shocked when it ended up being free actually i was a little shocked because it's insomniac i was a little surprised for a a team that's created such like unique guns and gadgets that they actually kind of took the template from another superhero game you don't really see them ever do that they're very much known you know sunset overdrive ratchet and clank yeah very original ideas uh it's very strange to see them do something like that. I'll, I'll agree with that. Um, but it wasn't anything that really detracted from my experience. I, it didn't freak me out or anything. What I really liked was the stealth gameplay, though. I thought that in particular was good. Um, I liked the environmental interactions. I thought that was excellent. Um, the open world web swinging. Uh, to really get a verdict on that one, I definitely feel I need to get my hands on it. Yeah, because that's too. when you, when you feel that momentum going through it. Uh, I felt as fucking amazing as it looked. I was losing my shit. I do feel like some of those moments, like diving in between the sign, that has to be scripted. Yeah, that's that's. I I mean, I feel like it could happen in world, but it's like when I come back now, later in the game, is that sign still going to be broken? Is right. everything this thing is broken? The fucking crane, like it, it broke forty different things on the way over. The, the water towers, that's still going right. to be popped when I come back. You know, it's a lot to maintain, I feel, afterwards. I love the, the free running, though. Like, when he goes inside the burning building, he's hopping mm-hmm. over all the desks and, st- and stuff. I thought that was excellent. So I think, in my opinion, what really excited me most is that they nailed a couple of things that you don't see in Spider-Man games uh, all too much. Usually the indoor running for Spider-Man games, I remember it so fucking well with, like, B-Knock Spider-Man games. It was so clunky. You know, why is Spider-Man getting caught on this desk? Why is he not just simply vaulting <laughs> yeah. over it? <laughs> right. You know? And so that's what I really liked is that they nailed the agility of Spider-Man. Uh, there was good wit throughout the demo. You know, good little, not cheesy one-liners, but just like side comments that Spider-Man would make. And uh, I like the gadgets. So I think it, for me personally, that's kind of what uh, hit the nail on the head for me and, and really got me excited for this game. I was It killed me when I said 2018, though. I'm like, come on. Come on. But, uh, did they say fall or early? Did they say early? I think it just said coming 2018. Uh-oh. December 31st. I'm just uh, I um, yeah, I mean, I, I would agree with all that. Like, I, I think one thing I should pro- I, I should have said this at the starting. <laughs> um, if, if you and I were at an event or somebody came to my home with Spider-Man, I would react probably different than I am because this is an E3 where they're supposed to present the best of the best. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. some people are probably going, whoa, this is what the fuck? This is all negative. That's because at a presentation known for the best of the best that you sell tickets to the public for. I was not overly impressed with what I saw. Yeah. Um, but I with like you. Spider-Man, for example, those guys know what the know what they're doing. Cool. And so I'll just sit back and be like, OK, I, I, I don't have the assumption that they'll be 
perfect, but I have the assumption that they can put together a competent game, even though they did make Fuse, I believe. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was like, yeah, original um, ideas. I mean, Fuse is kind of an original idea, but yeah. uh didn't go over that well. Yeah, but um, I, I, I mean, I'll just, I, I have more, like, let's say, excitement for seeing Spider-Man than I do for, than I did for Batman Arkham Asylum. Or, sorry, ba- Batman Arkham Knight, for example. Um, so I'm interested in seeing a new a new superhero. I just I just want him feel different. I, I don't I mean it's hard to describe and it might be because I play so many games, but at I, at some point I'm just like, God damn, I wish he felt like Spider Man. Or I wish I, I wish this like so you look at Arkham and then you look at Spider Man, you think they like if, if let's say we're exploring the world. You right. Think, you know, like in Batman, it, oh, you're, you're gliding around, you're doing bat grapples. You think in Spider-Man, the web swinging, the the free running. It, you think... felt, it looks a lot the same, yeah. Really? Yeah. I See, I yeah, didn't get that me. vibe. I mean, I get what you're saying, but like I, I didn't personally, because he was doing like the typical, you've seen this like in Spider-Man too, like he'd web swing, he'd get all the way down, all the momentum carrying up, let go, flip, and then just like keep doing that over and over, the web zips. Um, I didn't really so, see the movement similarities personally. So... I think it just comes from flying, whichever way you may do so, mm-hmm. where the similarity for me okay. comes from. It's not necessarily their actions are identical, okay. but I think that could also be because Batman went so crazy in Arkham Knight with the fucking, you know, grapple hook that zoomed you and yeah. you could hold the button. Oh, yeah, and the, the jet boost and yeah, you just <laughs> yeah. fucking skyrocket. I'm Rocket X working for fucking Elon Musk. <laughs> so uh, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for it. I think swinging down into the traffic and everything is great. But there's a sense of wonder in these games. Uh, Batman gets away with not having to deliver it too much because it's a dire Gotham. It's fucking dark and rainy. Never seen the light of day, apparently. And then you look at Spider-Man, which is a lot more uh-huh, and sunny. So I, I, I wonder how long I, it'll be until I get tired of the swinging. Like, what I mean by that is, how do I describe it? The wonder of the swinging will be gone. Yeah, and then you're left with big, the mechanics. It's like almost getting in a car in GTA. It's like just another yeah. way to get from point A to point B. So exactly. And so those extra movements that we think are cool now, one of the problems, and you talk to any developer, they'll tell you this. If you put too many animations on a reload, you put too too many animations on getting up, whatever, then after a certain amount of time, the human brain is like, okay, it's mechanical. Like it's it's the same shit over and over. It's very mechanical. You kind of did see that in the demo. Like when you were turning a corner, you'd see him like attach the web to like one side of the building and like quickly whip around. And like when he was going between stuff, he'd have a certain flip. Yeah, and you know it, it really all matters in what else is going on in this game too. Because if he's as Peter Parker, sometimes if he's uh, got you know he's still got a love affair, he's got to bounce around and try to figure out he's got his his aunt and you yeah, know I said it's gonna be balancing his real life and his then I'm gonna be fine with it then I'll, yeah. it's just it's just if it becomes too much of that where you're just like it's the and and we it's saw easier Miles to, Morales at the end we don't know yeah what yeah I was I was sort of confused I by was, I was too I got to read up on that and do some some research just based off comics because I think I was I was reading and like apparently Miles was like another version of Spider Man. In like a, right. in a comic, so yes. but like in this universe, he he must be, he could be Spider-Man. I think he's, could be I think he's Peter Parker's friend. Yeah, in this one, this one. Um, but uh, I, I would say top five games that I'm interested in after E3, Spider-Man's still up there, mm-hmm. in those top five. Yeah, it's just that, um, if they had shown everything but the fighting, they showed the stealth and the swinging, we wouldn't be having this conversation at all. <laughs> it's something about the fighting, just I and I I couldn't even tell you Did until you like we the sat down. I thought it was fine. Yeah, okay. I thought it was fine. I, I thought I, I thought they ha- they handled the world and everything really well too, and the look of movement. It's just 
I, I just, the thing, fighting in, the, in, me just in our first ever look at Spider-Man last year, um, I'm glad that carried over because I, I realize now, like, for example, we saw in that preview last year, um, like, for example, he, like, webbed onto, like, an air conditioner, ripped it off and, like, smacked it Swung around it. at someone, you know, and, and that type of stuff. It's like, okay, so I'm glad that's going to be a consistent theme because if the world around you is alive, that's, like, an instant bonus for this game yeah. when you're you're pulling cranes into people. It makes exploring each location especially in a constructed story environment it's going to be much better now because you're going to wonder what little things you can play with along with your gadgets so i think that's a that's a big plus sleeping, one for dogs. The game. Yeah. sleeping dogs yeah 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 so true yeah. And i fucking so, love that game so i know you did that's why i mentioned it yeah, because that's... i i know that's a game where if they can figure out the the interactivity and d- the dynamic feel of sleeping dogs but in spider-man form you're in good shape it can't be that what I what it can't be it can't for me be is like, like the same convenient dumpster. That's here. exactly the what same. I was going to say. The same two fucking wall grates that Batman seems to yeah. just be able to tear. These fucking bolts are this big, and Batman's like, and yeah. he moves it to He's the like, side. I'm like, All right, oh shit, come on out, I gotta get yeah, in here. come on out. And it's quiet. I love the stealth one. He's like. Kink, kink, and he just pulls it out. I'm like, whoa, what yeah, the fuck? He like somehow just bends hammer. it out, and he's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so as long as it's not the same, and I think that Insomniac's the one company actually that could do that. That could go, okay, it can't, we can't, it, it may do the same thing, but we have to have like six different models for this, six or seven for this. They need to be interchangeable. Uh, we need to be able to adjust these things so that they work. So they're not always the box, but yeah. with a different decal on the front. They're like a box, a refrigerator, a fucking table. And, and that way your brain can go, oh, I'm in this area. There's just a ton of shit mm-hmm. for me to use and, and, and utilize. Yeah, even then, if it does the same thing. Like, even if and there's even another if does, cage that exactly. brings the guy in there, like, As long as it. you visually break it up, then the monotony doesn't happen as quick. And and that's what my hope is for Spider-Man. It's my hope for Bat- Batman next whatever, or Robin, whatever they do. It's my hope one, for anything. One other thing that could help out the combat in this game is we noticed uh, he was fighting someone at the top of the construction site, and you saw him kick him off in the air. And I remember when he kicked him off in the air, there was a prompt to press L1. And when he pressed L1, he web zips into him. And then he does some, like, kick move and slams him down, some shit like that. But I wonder if that's going to be something where it's also, you know, you're going to have these gadgets to fight from a distance in the close combat. But if someone's at a distance about to shoot you, can you know, unlike Batman where you'd have to do, like, a, a dodge roll or really you could just break the mechanics of the game and, like, vault over someone and the enemy would stop shooting you. I wonder if, like, you're going to have to zip in to him. You know, something along those lines. Or would you it, just pull his gun out of his hands? That's what I'm saying. Like, the web is, is literally going to make or break this game. <laughs> Quite literally. No, it's true. That's one thing I'm hoping they're going to be creative with. Because I've always said to people, like, if you were smart with the web Spider-Man has, he's got the abilities to, to be a cool superhero in a video game. But if you're smart with the web he has, it can be extraordinary. Yeah, yeah Extraordinary. Because, right. um, like, even Shattered Dimensions, I think, was oh, I love that. Shattered Dimension. Yeah, yeah, like that. When you played as the original Spider-Man, like he'd like zip out like a fucking giant hammer and slam it down on someone. Yeah, right. Made combo. It was, it was like Green Horn, uh, Green uh, Lantern, a little bit. He would yeah. make things out of the web. Exactly, yeah. and you know, it was it, the cartoony art style played into that effect, so it was more believable. But like stuff like that, you know, would be awesome to see. So, oh, can you imagine if you have like the ability to like you know web people together grab items have them like yeah hit yeah yeah now i see what you're saying yeah now like, I see what i'm you're saying, saying like yeah, imagine you press l1 you zip onto this guy then you jump along the wall you wrap around him catch another guy in that same movement and like pull them together they clap yeah you know? yeah i mean 
One one thing Spider Man Two has that, uh, although the, I I've replayed it recently, and the game has not aged well, but uh, uh, you know, the, at least the story and and shit. But the combat, like you had so many moves that you could just keep unlocking. Like I'll never forget the the uppercut stair staircase kick. I think they called it, where you like you fucking kick this guy up and then you jump on his face and literally on his face in midair and somehow he doesn't go up. There's one where you can like baseball slide on someone's face. So I think they're taking the right page out of the book with that game and they're like, okay, it hasn't aged that well. Because like the Amazing Spider-Man 1 and 2 games, they just tried to copy Spider-Man 2 and it was like, like, look, this game has not aged well. So that's why I feel I'm more encouraged about this game maybe than you are just because I'm seeing personally as someone who, this is my favorite superhero, I'm seeing them take the right cues from the right places. But uh, th- it's coming out in 2018. It's just a demo. We'll see with the full game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, some of that stuff I hadn't thought of. So I'm glad you said it. Cause well, that's what these that, discussions are for. You've changed my mind more times than I can fucking count. So, <laughs> you know. I uh, uh, I think when we look back at like this E3, uh, it will certainly be, it will be interesting. Yeah. And it will be interesting to see what next E3 is like. Because if, if it's like this one, Mm-hmm. Yikes! Yeah, I don't know what to say, man. Like this one, it's going to be weird. <laughs> and the last it's going to make us have to question one that we just need to cover here. It's a short one, only a half hour long. Was Nintendo? Yeah, I I thought they did awesome because they pretty much just showed some of the stuff that I think people wanted. You heard me, bitch. Last I think it was even last podcast about not a not another. We don't have a Metroid. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would have liked to see this stuff day and date which we don't, unfortunately, but still getting it is awesome. So I'm yeah, stoked. I got to say, yeah, Nintendo, uh, thumbs up for me. I don't know if I said me Sony too. or not. Sony, I think I said in the beginning, because we talked about that the longest according to timestamps, but yeah. Sony gets got a side thumb for me. I can't remember, though. Um, but anyway, yeah, Nintendo was my favorite conference of the whole thing. Did not expect that, that my top two would be Nintendo, then Ubisoft, but it happened. Um, Nintendo, I felt really, they knew the position they were in. Now, right. I kind of wish there was a little more third party. I'll say that much. It wasn't a perfect conference, and I- I'm sure they looked better in the scheme of things because of how shitty this E3 was. But I, I think they came out and-, and really hammered home how many games are coming out this fall. I thought that was pretty cool. And the ones that they announced down the stretch that we're not going to see for a while were, like, the right ones that would excite fans still because they have such a fervent fan base. Like, a mainstream Pokemon game on the Switch that's huge. A, yeah. a Pokemon game coming to home consoles. That is huge. One of the very few times where I didn't see a trailer or anything and I did not care. That was okay with me. Um, and I think the reason they did that is because no one would have given a fuck about Pokemon. Even though Sun and Moon for Pokemon I thought were pretty good, I feel like Ultra Sun and Moon, no one really would have cared because everyone would have wanted that Switch version. So I think they selected to show nothing when they probably could have. Oh, um, I see. And then Metroid 4, Prime 4, sorry. Um, I've only played the first Prime, so I got some some like work to do now. But um, let, let me hear about your experience with Metroid Prime to, uh, to well, understand I mean, I, the hype for Metroid Prime 4. Because I was like, yo, like I know people want this. So that's what hyped me. I was like, good for them. But right. like, as you, as someone who was like, yo, awesome, like this is what I'm talking about. What did Metroid Prime 4 do for you? Well, I think the reason why for a lot of us is because, well, first of all, this, honestly, the Switch has almost no games. Mm. That's probably the biggest reason why Metroid was was huge to me. And then additionally, I was just nervous they were going to try to announce something and pretend it was a big deal, and it wasn't. 
and you were going to be like, why are they announcing yeah, this they when didn't. they haven't done yeah, Metroid? For, for Metroid, know? for Metroid, I'm surprised. It was a quick trailer. They didn't act like it yeah. was a big deal. That's, that's yeah. admirable. Didn't think of that. Yeah, and they, so they were just like, okay, so we've got Metroid. And to me, yes, again, I would have loved to have been day one. Zelda should have been day, Zelda was day one. Sorry, um, those those games should have been day one. But to me, it's probably the only other, not the only. Uh, it's one of the biggest of their IPs, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to think, Zelda, that Mario, Pokemon. so they've nailed Pokemon. So they've nailed now all of their big IPs. Um, and who knows how long it'll take to come out? But I also think a first-person, third-person sci-fi game on a on the Switch could look really cool without having to be graphically high fidelity. Like mm-hmm. they can do different things to make it look good without having to push a ton of polygons. So yeah. it, I'm and, and the idea of playing that um, uh, mobile is just awesome to me yeah. for some reason. True like that. I can't wait. True that. Yeah. I mean, uh, for me, because I was studying now after the the Switch's um, game reveals from this E3, uh, since the start of the Switch, except for, I want to say, April, unless I'm forgetting something, there has been, like, a, a, a major Switch game release. Like, I know April, or I'm sorry, uh, March, when the game launch, system launched, was Zelda. April and May, I'm not remembering right now. But um, I know, for example, June was ARMS, July, Splatoon, August is going to be the Mario Kingdom Battle. Mario so, Kart. Mario Kart. Yeah, Mario May. Kart. Mario Kart. There you go. Mario Kart was May. Um, you know, then, um, what's it called? September, something's coming. And then October is uh, Mario Odyssey. I think September is Fire Emblem Warriors. And so, like... Oh, I'll play that. Yeah, like, these are all major releases and it's monthly and it's been monthly since the game the system has launched and i gotta even though they're all first party i gotta commemorate that a little bit um yeah skyrim on the switch uh you know what system isn't that fucking game on that's kind of annoying to me personally i don't know about you the skyrim's on the switch well skyrim's on the switch skyrim was on the vr skyrim expansion for uh the elder scrolls legends um, where else is Skyrim now? Uh, they did Skyrim the Special Edition, Collector's Edition. They did Skyrim Legendary VR, Edition. Skyrim VR. Launch, yeah, Skyrim PSVR. You know, like, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. And it's like, why is it just Skyrim? Especially when Bethesda came out and said, Fallout 4 is our most successful game. Like, it's the game that sold the most. It's the most known game they've made. The most bought game they've made. Why is that not getting ported? Why aren't they considering, even if it's not even just a, uh, a like an up-res, or, or I'm sorry, not an up-res, a... Um, you know, like a remake. Why aren't they considering porting? Well, let's let's get Oblivion on the Switch. Like, right. it's such a fucking random idea, I know. But I'm just saying, like, that's my question, man. I mean, that that just boggles my mind. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm I never quite know what any of these companies are thinking half the time, especially lately. But Dude. um, I I think yeah. with Skyrim, they're just like, oh, you know, one more, what? Well, also, I have to say that like Skyrim, we knew was coming out for a while, which is great. Um. The Switch, it would have been gr- it would have been cool to have that game day one because it would have been like this massive, you know, RPG day one that wasn't Zelda, which I think th- that's very cool. Like it's a cool idea to have. Um, I also think that when it comes down to it, you know, Bethesda just makes a ton of money. Nintendo is like, hey, come make some stuff for us. But what I would have liked is I would have liked at this Switch Switch event for them to say Fallout. Yeah, on the Switch. I, I know people are probably going to be mad at me, but I'm, I guess I'm like you. I'm bored of Skyrim a little bit. So if they had said 
dude, it's been Skyrim. out for six years. Just and joking. We released it like basically <laughs> eighty five times. It'd be awesome if they were like and coming to Switch Skyrim Special Edition, but we're actually it's Fallout. And you're yeah. like, wait, what? Fallout's coming out, you know. But well, I think that's only that would only benefit Nintendo. And I mean, based off how much Bethesda likes to resell games when it comes to Skyrim, I mean, it could only benefit Bethesda too. It's like, yeah. why not get that going on the Switch, especially when I'd say Skyrim is at least content-wise a much more vast and bigger game than Fallout 4. It, it's like it, I don't think it boils down to the technical aspect. I think Skyrim's world is just as big. You know, right? Just, uh, I don't know. Just crazy. I don't know. Maybe they don't want something that adult. Who knows? Because there's a lot of gibs. Hmm. Oh, fuck, you do that in Skyrim. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, when it comes to Nintendo and how they did it, I thought they had a pretty positive conference too. I would say thumbs up for them. They, yeah, thumb, the thing about Nintendo is, the thing about Nintendo is they, um, I think they did a, a time sensitive like conference. It wasn't too long, wasn't too short. It was like here's our stuff, and they showed IPs people cared about for their specific system, and uh, and then walked out of there. And I think that worked really. I think it worked really well. Yeah. Like you said, maybe we're maybe we are holding some of these higher because of how shitty EA mm-hmm. <laughs> was yeah. and and Bethesda were. But um, I think Nintendo did good. Yeah. What else yeah. did they have? Kirby was the only game. Kirby and that Yoshi game, mm-hmm. the only ones that kind of like oh, I was like, all right, I don't give yeah. a shit. But I know there's like an audience for that. Um, I was surprised not to see Smash on the Switch. I was really surprised to not see that. I'm right still now. surprised. Yeah. That's that's one that they're probably sitting on for a rainy day when they don't have a game coming out that month, and they're like, okay. Let's let's get Smash on there now. Uh Pokemon Tournament. I'm I'm interested in that. I never played the original one on the Wii U. Um But yeah, the yeah, Nintendo I think had the strongest conference. I, I enjoyed theirs a lot. It was, it was just fun to watch. Just... And they and they just came in and did their business. They announced the game after the conference, which was a like a big announcement too. It was called uh it's for the three D S. It's called Metroid uh Samus Returns. Mm. And it's like a, a remake of one of the original Game Boy Advance games. And it looks awesome. Looks great. And like, because people are kind of upset, like, oh, Metroid Prime Four. It's going to be like years before we get that. And um, you know, and then they they have this other Metroid game that looks good. That is being you know based off what I've read on forums, message boards, YouTube comments, social media. I've seen that this game is being well received. It's like, why didn't they show this during the main conference? Yeah, that's uh, odd. Very. It was a very weird decision. Um, because especially it's coming out this year. So I look at that and I'm like, that that definitely would have been like the icing on the cake. To like, yo, Metroid Prime 4, yeah, it's coming down the line. But we got this game, which looks good, especially for a handheld game. And it's like, it's coming out this year, so you can still get your Metroid fix. Um, that that was a, a very puzzling decision in my book. Yeah, no, that doesn't make any sense at all. I mean, unless they were just like, we announced one Metroid. That's too much for people to handle. We can't do, <laughs> we can't do two in the same conference. People's heads would just explode. Yeah, but that'll uh, wrap up. All of our, our E3 discussion, that was two hours, five minutes. Best E3 conference for me was Devolver Digital. I never watched theirs. Oh, my God. The really? best thing I've ever seen in my life. Oh, yeah, the Devolver Digital is actually in trouble. There's a, a lot of people are pissed at them, but um, they I've never seen. They, they pissed on everybody. Every Twitch streamer, every YouTuber, every big company. It was all about the establishment and like business people trying to sell you game consoles. It was, they oh, didn't it was, even, it was like, Oh, it was bad. You're saying it was bad. Oh, no, no, no. It was good. It was oh. the best. It was for me, it was literally the best because they did that. 
I mean, they even had a fake Twitch stream that went too long and people started making like in jokes because it was going too long. But that was the joke was that that's how all Twitch I'm streams and YouTube devolver. They fucking dude. Exactly. They neutered everybody. I mean, every Twitch streamer and YouTuber so, was probably oh, oh, had their oh, heads okay. down. Now I'm wrapping my head around it. They literally like made fun of everything the e3 Every, you know they come out first of, the of all how's it going who's ready for some games that type of shit. yes and the, the best most elite most blah 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 and then they have somebody wheel out their shitty computer with like wires hanging out the back <laughs> and he's throwing cash at it for dlc and then suddenly her head explodes like uh like uh the old movie what is that tracers is that the old movie mm. um and there's all this crazy stuff and then pretty soon they're like sitting on a couch having a twitch stream and they're just Crazy shit's going on, but they're all dressed like Twitch streamers would dress, like uh -huh. fucking, you know, the sunglasses that are just one eye lens, like a fucking cyborg. Yeah. And, you know, they've got their names under them, you know, like Sun Sunbeam Moonshadow. And it went on forever. But then they started talking about, like, so they were like, you know what early access is? Well, we've got earliest access. If a developer even has a fucking idea, you can give him money right now. And so they went off on earliest access and they were talking about, like, developer on a shitter thinking up of a platform game you can send him cash and it was all about the industry that's it was awesome. all about it was all about like did microsoft they actually like, show anything though yeah yeah they did they showed some games but it was honestly there's i can't tell what was real because one of the best things i've ever seen in my life was them playing a game where there were four four toads on a screen with baseball bats and the screen was the most basic level you could possibly imagine it was like four platforms and they played it for like 45 minutes. And I swear to shit, the only attack they had was the baseball bat. And I can't tell if that was a real game or if they were literally dissing on YouTubers pretending a game was good. But it was mm. that many levels of subtlety. It was fantastic. I mean, we were sitting there laughing because we were watching, um, I think it was EA's. We were watching and somebody said, have you guys seen the Devolver? Are you guys seeing what's going on? And it was an EA spokesman who emailed me. He's like, have you, are you seeing this? this? is the greatest thing I've ever seen. So I jump in. <laughs> There were some Sony, Microsoft, EA people, and an Activision person in our thread, in our IRC. And they were like, behind the scenes, guys, you know, we're tearing our hair out because a game gets announced early or gets leaked or, or this and that. He said, this is the greatest conference I've ever seen because some people will probably pay attention and go, <laughs> we need it. Dude, they deballed everybody. I mean, they, it's, it's, if you're a YouTuber or a Twitch streamer and you watch that, you were probably a you little bit cringed. Yeah. No, but, or just be like, I sort of do that. <laughs> I mean, they fucking fake subs and oh, dude, yeah, it was it was fan and it was Devolver. You know, they're known for some pretty crazy stuff, mm -hmm. and um, they nailed it. They nailed it, and I loved it because we had some guys come in to the YouTube, and the YouTube only had like twelve thousand people watching it. And somebody was like, uh, "This has gone on for too long," blah blah blah, and people were like, "You don't understand. That is literally the joke. That mm. it, like uh, like people you know wanting you to watch their stream and fucking." doing their toes because i uh, some rapper was doing getting a manicure recently and he was on twitch and oh he had like God. 12 and so that's they were doing crazy shit and braiding each other's hair and you're like that's i don't know oh dude i thought it was fantastic i know somebody's gonna say in the comments that was the dumbest thing ever but to me it got industry people talking which was cool because the ea guy was like listen you don't understand this is next level like this is where people watch something and go mm, yeah <laughs> like like good good poignant comedy almost if you know what i mean like All when right, somebody's really good at that. comedy yeah you should check it out you should check it out i'm probably blowing it up better than it was but the others were so shitty <laughs> yeah, i was gonna say it's, it's really hard to get a dial on on just how good it was so to wrap it up game of the show oh shit 
Yeah, do you, do you even have one, rather? I was going to say Ashen, but I won't, because that's sort of a cheat. Um, you can go for that, I mean. I have a game of the my, show. Mine's pretty cheap. Mine's Spider-Man. Mine's pretty cheap. I will say this, the game that stuck with me, it's not the game of the show, but the game, because I don't really have one, but I do have a game that stuck with me, and I cannot wait to play it, because I'm such a sucker, is that Starship collectible Skylink game. Fuck, dude. They had me at fucking new... They had me the moment you... Like, click your new missile on. I'm like, yeah, oh, I was like, oh I'm there. <laughs> I love that shit. Skylanders. I still play Skylanders all the time. Yeah, so, I remember you were, you were the one person I saw on my feed who was like, no Skylanders Sims, at E3. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that one interested me. Um, mm. And I like the idea of, like, having it connected to your controller. It'll be interesting to see how they handle the physicality of it. But uh, I don't really have a best of... To be honest, I don't feel that anybody showed enough game for me to say there was a best of, if that makes sense. I mean, yeah, no, com- I completely get what you're saying. Just for me, like Spider Man, I was like, all right, Spider-Man, like, maybe, yeah, yeah, that's like the, that's what I was down with. I mean, man, I mean, hmm, wow, that's a, it's a loaded question, you know, you know, hmm, and, and and I think it is that I didn't feel like enough gameplay was shown. For like the games I did think looked good, mm-hmm. like Anthem I thought looked really good, but they didn't show enough gameplay. Forza looked good, and they showed a little bit of gameplay. But like you said earlier, no developer sat there and said, "This is some of this in the game. This is some of this." And so there wasn't any real, "Oh, I get an idea holistically of this title." Yeah, um, yeah I would say I don't have one. I would say that I'm interested in a couple. Spider-Man, uh, despite you know me having some issues with combat and stuff like that, is probably one of the more interesting to look like look forward to titles. Cool, cool. Well, ladies and gentlemen, if you stuck through the show this entire way, let us know on Twitter. Our handles are on screen. We'll use the hashtag odd E3. Very odd E3, yeah. Yeah. Very odd E3. That works very well, yeah, Yeah. because it boy wasn't. Very odd E3. So use the hashtag very odd E3 so we know you listen the whole way through. Carrick, thank you for joining me on this lovely E3 discussion. It was a good-ass time. Really broke shit down. Opened each other's eyes to some extent. And, yeah, for uh, sure. Yeah, yeah we, uh, we hope you guys enjoyed this episode, and we will catch you next week. Peace out. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.